You're listening to DraftKings Network. Hey, this is Alexi Lawless. There is nobody in U.S. soccer that is more important than the Cooligans. Yeah, baby! Look at us, back in the old apartment. Yeah, baby, we are in beautiful New Jersey. That's right. Those, those, uh, that that word, that adjective has never been used before. before the words New Jersey. Only with eye rolls <laughs> does that ever happen. Uh, speaking of pork rolls, uh, Ooh, now we're talking. <laughs> hey, you tried Taylor ham? Was that for the first time? That was my first time. I I, I tried Taylor ham. Uh, so now I, I can contribute into this pork roll Taylor ham debate. What, uh, what are we thinking? You know what? Scale uh, of one to amazing. <laughs> I don't, look, I'm not going to tell what, uh, you know, this Taylor Ham or pork roll wants to identify as. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm here with an open mind and open ears <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to let each piece of Taylor Ham or pork roll decide what they want to be called. Oh, okay. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to let it decide on its own. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm here to tell you it's Taylor Ham. <laughs> if you say pork roll, you in South Jersey, my guy. <laughs> okay. You see, this is the problem nowadays. People, they really can't accept, uh, you know, change. We're just. Just not tolerant. <laughs> Here's the thing: the guy who invented it didn't even want to call it pork roll. This is this is uh, this is your uh, um, you know. A uh, GIF gift debate that I have with people. You know, I'm the I'm the tech nerd, and I fight with people over GIF or GIF. But this is this is your thing that this pork roll Taylor Ham. We haven't made it to GIF GIF yet. <laughs> we haven't. We're like we're we're sticking to Taylor Ham pork roll. Okay, it's uh, Taylor's ham. Okay, that's what he wanted to call it. And then Taylor Rockwell's ham. I know. That's right. Okay, <laughs> which <laughs> means something completely different, <laughs> and we've seen it. Uh, so it's Taylor's uh, something. Taylor's cured ham or something. I think he called Taylor's mm-hmm. processed ham. He wanted to call it that. A bunch of people stole his ideas, started selling the stuff, and then the government was like, all right, well, we need to make a category for this delicious product that'll probably kill you if you eat it more than <laughs> once a year. And they were like, all right, we're going to call this pork roll. So they forced him to put pork roll in a box. So if you say pork roll, you're bowing down to the man, my guy. <laughs> the homie who invented it, the dude was like, hey, yo, it's Taylor's ham. That's me. I'm Taylor. That's my ham, dog. <laughs> okay, wow. What a, what a, oh. and by the way, that's a direct quote. What a, yeah, what a pitch me. <laughs> um, yes, hello everybody. Welcome to uh, today uh, another a special uh, Friday episode, a second episode, a Gully Squad episode. So That's thank you. Right. We always uh, uh, give a shout out uh, to the Gully Squad, the people uh, who, who make these episodes happen. So if you want to uh, join, be a part of that community, uh, make sure you go to soccercooligans.com slash Gully Squad, uh, and you can you can throw a little money at us, help contribute to the show, help uh, cover you know. Know, the 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 insane the skyrocketing costs of all this Taylor ham you know it's, it's inflating <laughs> uh, and also our, our rings don't fit <laughs> it's uh, it's a, not a great product but it, it does taste great did you say what did you like the flavor um it was fine I, all right I, th- this th- is th- my problem the fact that there was that there's a debate about this uh mildly f- 
flavorless product. Mildly flavorless is delicious. Uh, I don't think it really tastes like anything. Oh, this stuff's amazing. <laughs> Everyone else at the table was like, I think uh, Ian Laura, a very funny comedian, was like, yo, this is the most delicious ham I ever tasted in my life. Where can I get this in New York? And I was like, yo, you can. It's only in Jersey. He's like, oh, I got to pay a toll yeah. <laughs> to come get this stuff. <laughs> it, was, but yeah. it was fine. I I, I prefer like a honey glazed ham. That's, okay. That has See, some real flavor. I mean, this is, you guys are seeing, you know, when we do the behind the music after we've split up and refuse to talk, this will be one of the scenes this they is, show in the montage exactly. in the beginning. This is, this is, you know, more divisive than the Gallagher brothers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Liam and Noah know nothing compared to the Taylor Ham is flavorless debate, which is ridiculous. Almost some people would say it has too much flavor. All right. And here's my man going, I like honeyless ham. I like a nice subtle flavor. I can't taste too many flavors. I am very upset right now, folks. You have no idea. But this is the Gully Squad episode. Thank you so much to everyone, uh, you know, who's joined Gully Squad. You have allowed us to eat Taylor Ham. Uh, it means the world to us. And again, all that money goes right back into the show. Uh, we use it to get to places and to create more content and to help uh, get people to help us build this uh, weird little community that we have. Exactly. Uh, help us edit videos because we suck at it, guys. Mm-hmm. It's not our thing. Exactly. So uh, we're comedians, and we only use our hands for act outs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's the only thing they're built for. Uh, so uh, so again, so thanks for that. So again, uh, if you, if this is your uh, first time listening to the show, my name is Christian Polanco. I am Alexis Guerreros. Okay, we are the Cooligans. We are your favorite stand up comedians out here uh, in New Jersey. Today. That's right. Right now, we in Jersey. <laughs> Just for today, though. Normally, at, um, normally at the top of Madison Square Garden in New York City, but uh, yes, this is uh, th- this does happen to be the funniest soccer podcast that you've ever listened to. It is, but it's also the gulliest soccer podcast. That's it. Okay, ah. double double whammy. I okay. And by the way, I like how you're like. If this is the first time you're listening, I'm Christian. You're Alexis. If also, we've said the word gully 16 times. If the first time you're listening, you probably need a definition for that <laughs> as well. And I just say it's exactly what you think it is, dog. Exactly. So uh, we we like to uh, occasionally do these second episodes, uh, especially because the, this week's episode was a packed episode, and there were so many things that we too did, many things, too many things that we couldn't even get to. Okay, and uh, uh, so let's uh, let's just let's just kick. Actually, you know what? Let's before we start, uh, I just want to. Um, point out an email that we did receive uh, about our last episode. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is a significant email. So this was um, uh, we, in the last episode, we were talking about, um, you know, Alejandro Bedoya's, um, you know, screaming into the microphone about about ending gun violence and right. uh, and and also uh, about the the sort of uh, the, the Seattle Sounders fan that was punched by like the, the Proud Boys uh, guy that, that you know, this, of, if there somebody listening to this for the first time they're like so it's a ham and it's a ham and, and Nazi and, podcast and, and it's a ham and gun control podcast <laughs> okay we talk ham we talk we're anti-Nazi someone's like you know they haven't mentioned soccer so far funniest soccer podcast they're right I gotta be honest <laughs> so uh, but I did want to uh, point out because we did receive an email from a listener that was actually very uh, touching and very inspiring I don't right. want to I don't want to we're not going to say their name but also I do want you know who you are right yeah. Uh, and I, I want to thank you personally for sending that. That was amazing uh, to read in here. The gist of the email is that they had grown up in a small town and started out very small. And I don't want to use the term radicalized because they didn't, but they essentially started sliding into that white supremacy thing. Yeah. And that proud boy thing. And then uh, met somebody who challenged some of their beliefs after they had left that small town and moved um, overseas and little by little realized what the hell was I doing? Yeah. And now, you know, they're realizing that you can't take, 
take a no stance on this. You have to, st- you know, you have to plant your feet in the ground and say, no, 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 we can't allow this. Exactly. And it was, it was, uh, uh you know, it was a long email. It was very touching. And, uh, and you know, it, it's weird. Like, we, we don't know exactly what effect we have on people. Again, and we don't know who's listening either. Like exactly. we never know what the person who's listening has gone through. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it, it's nice to know that, uh, it may, you know, sometimes our, uh, our words, our jokes, uh, can kind of, uh, seep through and, and, and make people feel a certain way. It just even inspire you to send an email like this. Uh, it's, it's very, which must've been difficult to do. I agree. And, yeah. Cause it, it does require a, a bit of, you know, that, that self-reflection and I'm sure he's probably had this conversation with other people or maybe not. I don't know. Right. But we're essentially, we're two strangers and, and he, and he was like, you know, I, I, I want to sort of explain, uh, uh, or, or at least reinforce the things that you were saying about that, like neutrality kind of standpoint of, of, of that. It really does not work. Right. Uh, and that it, it can allow, uh, you know, horrible, uh, ideologies to fester. Right. Uh, so, so, but so thank you for the, for the, for for the email because it does you know again we you know we're just saying this stuff we don't know exactly who's listening yeah but sometimes we just put this out and be like all right well let's see what happens yeah, now but it's, you know? it's how we feel and and it's it's nice to know that it resonates with a couple folks so. and i want to thank um i'm sure there's a lot of fans listening that you know maybe we've challenged their ideas on some things and i'm sure there's a a ton of fans that agree with us that tell us on twitter all the time and stuff like that i want to thank all of them you know i want to thank everyone if you if you disagree with something we say email us let us know um if you know if it happens we get we get those yeah messages. we get those but uh, Alexis mostly, but yeah. Yeah. I, but you know, I mean, you're all wrong about pizza. So <laughs> what can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> I feel like they're just misspelling Christian sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why they're always mad at me, but um, I do, I do want to thank uh, everyone. And I was, I was speaking to someone who said, Hey, I brought, I didn't even tell you this. Uh, I said, I brought, I brought uh, the Cooligans thing up to someone who uh, used to work in soccer. And they said, Oh, those guys made a sexist joke like two years ago and he was like, what was the joke? And and they told him and he was like, I don't understand how that sex is. I was like, okay, maybe it's not, you know, but like they had this idea of us and they were like, are you kidding me? They've been like riding for women's soccer, like for the last, like for however long they've talked about it. We had Evan Davis on like in our first year, yeah. you know, like things like that. And they were like, oh, I didn't know that. So, you know, I want to, I want to thank the people who in those moments are like, wait, have you actually ever listened to Cooligans? Cause I don't think of us as bad people. I don't think I've, we've ever said anything that's like wild disrespectful unless it's just to be really stupid and funny. Sure. Um, and that's the point. So I want to thank everyone who listens and, and well, either I, challenges us or, you know, congratulates us in the moments where we need to be congratulated yeah, or challenged. I, I, I think when it comes to that, the, you know, I, and I always kind of tell you this stuff, especially with our like Twitter account, mm-hmm. it's like, people can make a presumption of who we are as people just on like one tweet, which is not totally fair, but it's the world we live in nowadays. So, which is why I say like, be careful with your words. What words you choose? Uh Uh-huh. Because- You know, I've completely blanked out, right? I'm not listening. (laughs) But I I think it's it's an important distinction of when people are listening to us and they can hear your tone, they can hear the sarcasm as opposed to the words that are just being written. Mm. That's why I always tell you like, 
like a, I feel like a teacher sometimes. I'm Alexis. Uh, you know, you have to be, you have to choose your words carefully because you're not going to pass this, this book report. <laughs> Just give me an A. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. So the yeah, it, it is a uh, it, it's something to be mindful of because it, it is it, it is the world we live in and and that the, the words do matter. So um uh so uh, so let's get uh, started with a uh, a couple things. That let's we, actually talk about soccer. No, we didn't get to. Uh, one of them was uh, a, a TMZ. And speaking of T, I mean TMZ. This the the dude we're about to talk about is always on TMZ for the wrong reasons, uh, wrong damn reasons. And we've been <laughs> on this guy. We've been on this guy's side. Yeah. More often than not. When it comes to his uh, opinions on soccer, even though they might be a little harsh or a little yeah. rigid from time to time. Well, the the snake has bit us <laughs> this time. Okay. Uh, you know, Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones. Bit of a bit. It was a bit of a spirit animal for the show. Yeah. We were very excited to interview him. He spoke very openly and very emotionally. And he's clearly someone who speaks with no real filter. Right. Correct. He just says what's on his mind and he doesn't think, hey, should I rethink this idea before I say it? What the hell, Jermaine? (laughs) He said some real trash stuff about the pay disparity, the pay gap. With women's soccer, he did, and uh, in uh, I'm I'm trying to just uh, pull up. Uh, I'm not going to play the audio in itself, but he basically is. Um, he sounds like a uh, you know just a terrible Twitter account, or you know like a troll yeah. Twitter account. It's not really. Um, he he kind of uses the example of like you know uh, the the Alex Morgans, the Megan Rapinos of like. He takes the superstars and and points out that they do make a lot of money because they do make a lot of money, right? They do make a lot of money when it comes to endorsements. Uh, yes, and, and they also they make a lot of money from the uh, U.S. soccer because they win World Cups. Yeah, right? so you understand that they and they're also draws for the NWSL and yes. everything else they do. Those women deserve to be paid. There's nothing more glorious than the person who's mega rich going, "Hey, what about everybody else?" Yeah. And that's what these women are doing. And somehow that's being held against them. Yeah. That so, makes no sense. <laughs> so that's it's ca- like somebody who's super rich voting for more taxes to pay more taxes. Like, bruh, thank you. <laughs> that's what we should be saying. Yeah. I mean, and this is where the, I think things are getting lost and Jermaine Jones, uh, you know, a prominent U S men's national team player kind of just, I mean, realistically just shitting on the whole equal pay debate, right? He's just like, uh, uh, essentially just saying, uh, that some of them, you know, some of the women get paid more. They have, they, um, I, I, I does he meant, I don't know if he mentioned maternity leave. No, no, no. That's, U.S. soccer. That's okay. the next thing we're going to talk about. So yeah, I, I just want to put a pile on the trash a little bit up top. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I want to um uh pull up some of the quotes. He says he he says what he appreciated that what they were doing though uh they were doing an amazing job. But they and then in the article says but he uh, immediately diminished their accomplishments by saying it is much tougher quote much tougher for the men's team team to win the World Cup compared to the girls. So. Uh, and this, let's also, you know, we've, we've interviewed Jermaine Jones. He has, his English is clearly not his first language. He is, um, you know, he, in this article, they're like, he said girls instead of women, but like, he also speaks in a, um, 
it, you know, his his English is he doesn't have a strong command of the language. You could tell so he, he doesn't know that. You that's could it. tell he thinks in German and translates it into English. Correct. Yeah, so he's not. Try- we know that because that's what my mother does. Probably what your mother does when she tries to speak English as exactly. well. So the um he 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 used the words that they're they're scream quote quote screaming about equal pay. He says this may backfire on them. He also pointed out that um that the women's uh, team lost to the U fifteen. Uh, five to two to the, the the FC Dallas Academy team. So he's trying to uh, it, it totally diminish uh, any like they don't. Even, he's basically saying like, why are you even asking for equal pay? You don't deserve it, right? Right. So this, this and you know, he's not wrong. It may backfire. They may not win, but that's not why you go after something that's fair. Exactly. And I think the, um, the, the, why this is wildly unnecessary from Jermaine Jones. Like what, wh- I don't know what he is trying to gain. You know, uh, I, also, let's actually, let's, I disagree with you though, because you want to, I would much rather know what's in somebody's heart. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't care if what you're going to say is wildly disrespectful, say it. So I know not to mess with you. You know what I mean? Okay. And in this case, like, okay. Jermaine Jones is in an ally. You know what I mean? We now know that. But it's almost like, what is the issue with the women being... Does he think Jordan Morris plays for the women's team? (laughs) Why is he going so hard? (laughs) Okay. There's no puppies involved in this. Ah, Jesus. Why do so many people not want the women to be paid equally? That's like, I think that's the, the, the... the main question, like what is it about the women being paid equally that will take something away from the men or what the men are paid or anything along those lines? Like it, it, I, I don't understand the, uh, the, you know, the, the Netherlands pays their women uh, and men equally from their national team. Right. Uh, so it's not unheard of. Right. And this, and also it doesn't and, take anything away from the men. Not at all. But, and, and to give credit to the, 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 the U S men's national team players union, they are completely against any of this rhetoric. Yeah. They're like, nah, they're, they're totally supportive of, of the women, especially so, the thing we're going to talk about next. I mean, the, the men's team has been riding for the women's team. Yeah. So, and that, that I'm, I'm really excited about. So, but I just, I, I can't understand what, uh, uh, you know, the, the being completely uneducated about, about the subject. Like Jermaine Jones also in this video does say like, wh- he, he was like, what, t- tell me a country where the women are paid equally. I'm like, like, there's countries. The yeah. Netherlands pays their the, the men took they, someone tell him, please. Yes, the everywhere men, he goes. The men, you know, it got a lot of publicity. The men took a pay cut so that the women could be paid equally, right? So it's not unheard of. Right. right? So I, I just don't understand this. What is it what exactly is it about? I, I like if you told me every every women's national team player is asking for forty million dollars each, I'd be like, Okay, that seems like a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like we don't have access to the books, <laughs> but <laughs> my, my quick, my quick assessment of this is that's quite a bit. You know, I know the number 40 and I don't know the number <laughs> million. I never seen it. I will never be around yeah. that kind of money. No, but I have a decent feeling that that's a lot. I can tell you if Christian and I are ever around $40 million, sirens are also <laughs> headed our way. Okay. Okay. If, if we're around $40 million, just keep in mind that blue paint is exploding on those, <laughs> yeah. on that money. <laughs> we're, we're Pretty quickly, we're going to be eating, giving away pudding <laughs> so we can have a comfortable sleep. Okay. <laughs> so the, uh, I, I don't understand what is the, 
what, what stance are you taking by being like the women should not be paid a equally? trash stance because and then the the the, the, the there's just it it, it, it it seems like it just comes out of ego there's no it's not about it's not about finances it's it, he's you know jermaine jones is just like well the people more people care about the men's game and uh, collectively like globally yes but we're not talking about the world. We're talking about the United States and, and the United States Thank women's you. team is objectively more popular than the men's national team. It doesn't even compare. And also, also, we all of a sudden care what the rest of the world is doing when it comes to this. Yeah. We're talking about in America. We're not asking UEFA. We're not asking CONCACAF. We're not asking FIFA to pay these women. We're saying the U.S. Soccer Federation. And in the U.S. Soccer Federation, the women have exceeded all expectations, yeah. have won so much more, have brought more eyes to the game. Therefore, they deserve, I think, just as much as the men. Is that not? Think about what we're saying. They've done more, and yet we're saying we're just saying, give them as much. Yeah, exactly. And that's somehow people are upset and, about this. And um This so, ain't Germany, so, Germains. So, so let's let's go into our the next topic that we want to discuss, which was the um the the story that just came out about US soccer hiring a lobbyist uh firm so that they could um gather data to basically explain why the women actually well actually well, well when yeah. you look at it this way, <laughs> if you scrunch down and squint your eyes the the women, they, they're, they're, this is the, the, the argument that they're going to make, that the women are actually paid more than the men, uh, and for a couple of reasons. The, the U.S. Women's National Team- One of the things referenced is maternity leave. Maternity. Like, did you just find a trash uh, sort of response form, and you're yes. like, oh, okay, we'll just use this. this? But this, was, uh, this, was, this came out because of uh, Carlos Cordero wrote that, uh, that open letter that he put out on, on four Twitter images. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and basically, he laid out the, uh, his point that, uh, you know, the, the argument that they're going to make is that the women are actually paid more. They get, they receive a salary instead of a, a, a paid per game basis like the, that the men are. They write the women, the women and the men have a different collective bargaining agreement. Right. So the, the argument is like, well, some of the women are actually paid more than the men because as soon as they make it to the women's national team, to my understanding, I think if you get one cap, then if, if, to my understanding, then you, now you receive a salary, which is like a, a, basically like a hundred thousand uh, dollars for the year. So by, uh, so, so which makes, which would make sense, right? What some women that make it to the U S women's national team, uh, can, effectively get one cap and make more money on the international level than some men because some men they have a salary and their club their club uh well let's not even talk about let's not even talk about the club right let's just talk about at the international level if you play if you're a man who gets one cap for u.s soccer and you're a woman who gets one cap uh for u.s soccer the the woman at the end of the year will uh, probably have made more money just off of that international because you yeah because they receive a salary now uh, the, the, why do why do the women want a salary for making it to the women's national team because how, what are they making from their club 
like 50 bucks a week. Exactly. Right. Like, and that's not, we're not making that number up. Right. The they're not, they're not making much money from their club. They also, they probably have to live with like the, the, you know, Jeff, remember Jeff Van Gundy, remember Jeff, Jeff coach Jeff Van Gundy, right? Yeah. He, he used to host Houston dash players. There were like two players that lived with him because that was like the deal. Cause they didn't have, they had no place. They couldn't afford a place. Jeff to Van live. Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy. The guy who held on to Alonzo Mourning's <laughs> leg. Correct. And this is a common thing in NWSL that maybe people don't know that a lot of the players have to live with someone that they, they have to be put up by someone, a family friend or somebody connected to the team because they can't afford rent and live a comfortable life. So this is, so when, but here's the thing, how could you possibly have someone play for your national team and not have them be able to afford to feed themselves or to, to, to live on their own or even with well, a group is, of other teammates, is, four or five of these teammates together might not be able to afford an apartment. And, and, and WSL and it's understandable the league is very young but it's similar to the time when MLS started right we talked to Jimmy Conrad yeah. making $22,000 a year right now a Houston Dash player would be like oh I'd love $22,000 <laughs> just above the poverty line <laughs> what a life la dida well yeah because he's like I was changing in my Civic and she's like oh a Civic, a civic. <laughs> oh god I'd love a Civic <laughs> So, uh, so we, that has to be taken into consideration. It's not just a one-to-one, you know, the, the, uh, if you're a dude that makes it to the U S men's national team, you're one good enough. Right. And yeah. you've been, and you've been paid fairly handsomely. Uh, even if it's, ML- there's some players that are making like $70,000 a year, you know, that are making it like, uh, there's not many players that are making 70 K and also making it to the, there's the some, men's. what there's I'm some, saying it happens. Yeah. So if we're going to go to the extreme, there's certainly some, but at least it's 70 K as That's, opposed to 25. I made 70 K you're, you're in the NWSL. You're flexing, <laughs> you know, Ooh, I took a Uber here, totally. not the bus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that is a, thing to be taken into consideration that the women's national team there there are the mouthpieces at the top that are trying to realistically fight for everyone at the bottom yes we're alex morgan of course she's gonna make more she money don't need this than, than than christian roldan yeah she don't need this extra stress rapino don't need this extra stress what they're doing is gallant yeah. And I don't understand how people don't see that. I don't understand how you're so lost in the minutia. And here's my final point. Okay. Apparently, um, Senator Feinstein, uh, and, uh, uh Senator, uh, and representative Matsui, um, both from California, uh, approached us soccer requesting information about why the gap, uh, the pay gap exists. This is one of the reasons they're citing as to why they hired this lobbyist firm is to make sure that lawmakers who are approaching them about this issue understand the actual facts. Like, yo, once you've you've hired lobbyists, you've essentially hired professional liars. Right. Or 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 story spinners. Right. Sure. Yeah. You you are trying to influence public they're, opinion. They, exactly. They are. They, they're influencers. They're the influencers yeah. of of, right. of, the, of Capitol Hill. And I've seen what these lobbies look like. I do not want to see the thirst traps. OK. <laughs> A lot of these dudes are buying executive shaped suits. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but here's my thing. Once you hire. Uh, a, a spin doctor, if you will, someone who's specifically tailored to change public opinion, you're admitting that your side of the argument isn't so strong. You're also telling the whole world, I'd rather spend millions, millions on two lobbyist firms from Washington. They're not cheap. We're talking millions. 
then pay these women that money. You've taken money out, out of the sort of bank. Remember that everyone was like, oh, everybody's got it earmarked, 150 million. You took part of that 150 million, which could have gone to develop youth players, men and women, boys and girls, anybody could have helped U.S. soccer. And instead, you're trying to sort of sway the opinion of lawmakers so that you don't catch any more heat for not paying these women evenly. Think about what you're doing. Think about that. That's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. Yeah, and and it is. It, it definitely is embarrassing. And because um, ever since Cordero put out that uh, that tweet, he it's clear U.S. Soccer is trying to win the case, the in the, the court of public opinion. Right. They are. They're like, all right, they, they, we're not looking good right now. Yeah. We need to get people back on our side. Let's do whatever we can to get there. And it's just like, it's like you want to sway public opinion, buddy. Let's put out photos of a document. You know, <laughs> oh, is the document going to piss everybody off even more? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and there's look, and, and w- with everything that they've been putting out, it, it, a lot of it has been de- debated, and it's just, it's just so, um, it's muddying the water. Yeah, I've said it, this before. Yeah, it's, it's just muddying so the water. To just be like, well, they're actually getting paid more. You know, yeah. It's just like these mouthy broads are just asking for a little too much. I when, know. Yeah, they're, <laughs> buddy, they're yipping out here. <laughs> it's just but when you think about it, the way I'm going to explain it to you, they're actually getting more. I'm, you know, maybe we should take some money away from these yeah, women. It, it is uh, uh, pretty absurd, uh, and, and um, especially and, especially with the fact that we do. Yeah, yeah uh, and again, I'm just going to reiterate this stuff. We do. We the the Rapinos, the Carly the Alex Morgans are paid. They're fine. They're going to be okay. Are, are they, are they, are, you know, these are the best, these are world class athletes that are, are they, are, will they ever be paid them uh, as much as uh, uh, Leo Messi and, and the, the, the giant, giant players in the world? No, that, no. we, we understand that, but the, 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 just the, the, sim, the, the basics of like, well, uh, have we earned enough as, as world cup winners, have we earned as much as, uh, the men who do not get as far in their respective tournament? Like, and that is really all they're asking for because the, uh, the, the, they're trying to help, um, they, they're throwing the ladder down. They're yeah. at the top, but they're throwing the ladder down for those players so that they don't have to, you know, Ro- Rose Lavelle, Mallory Pugh, uh, uh, and who's there? The, the third roommate, um, Andy Sullivan. And yeah, uh, and they have to lift. Those three women have to live together. To Rose Lavelle said she has outdoor furniture in her kitchen. Yeah. I don't know if that's because they want it or out of necessity, <laughs> they, but, but that's never the sign of someone who's doing great. You know, yo, she might be doing better now. Right. Right? She won the world cup a score lot, to go lasso in the final the, uh, and, and things might be changing now. Right. But, but up until that moment, Old girl had patio furniture. <laughs> okay. She was eating cereal. She's living like a stand-up comedian in Brooklyn, right? right? <laughs> we know. We've seen it. She's living like someone who's made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're trying to, uh, like, that. that's the frustrating thing that, that U.S. soccer is not kind of being a bit more mindful or sensitive of, of, like, it's these women in particular are doing pretty well. Yeah. But the, the bottom, the, you know, the other 90% of NWSL players are struggling and they're trying to uh, bring some, some stability and foundation to their league so that, that that league lasts and it can sustain itself. And the, and the women can actually have professional uh, uh, careers as athletes for, uh, you know, a fair amount of years. So that is, that's the bigger picture. And it's, it's not as like, 
you know, it's not as simple as like, well, they get, I think they get paid more. Like, it's just absurd. Also the whole idea that like, well, they'll do, they're not even as good as the men. Yeah. How are they ever, if that you really believe that, then how are they ever going to get there if we don't help develop? Yeah. And if you don't add more money to development, which they've been talking about, that investment is a part of what they're arguing for. They're not arguing just for the, when we win, we want to get paid as much as we want the men win, Correct. which they don't. Yeah. The men make more money losing a game than the women do women uh, winning. Yeah. What are we talking about? Exactly. So, uh, it's trash. <laughs> it's trash. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a weird, I'm, I'm going to be, um, uh, you know, uh, like uh, interested to, to when this case, when the actual court case happens, I, I I'm, I'm going to be reading some transcripts. Okay. We're going to be watching it. All right. I'm going to be seeing, I'm going to be seeing the, 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 you know, the Let's court, bring back court TV, yo, the, the, the court, like, uh, the artwork, the, the, the artist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, what does Carlos Daryl look like? I'm spying all that. <laughs> What's the mood in here look like all right get judge judy in there right. <laughs> who's the dude what's the what's the latino dude which one the judge on the spanish channel no it's a cuban woman i can't remember her name right now oh uh i forgot her name yeah you don't know talk about uh, that i know the case that the, the show you, yeah. you're talking about okay so also, we got a little bit of breaking news a player is going from my favorite team to yours is it official uh it looks like it 40 million pounds there was a submit uh, uh, a submission alex Iwobi. alex Iwobi, you're leaving arsenal and going where? Going where, Alexis? He's going to Everton. <laughs> uh, 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 she was submitted. I don't know how to feel right now, but it was submitted. This, is it, was it accepted? That's could good. this lead to the Wilfred Zaha deal? Oh, that's right. For Arsenal, though. No, we'll see. All right, we'll 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 stay on top of it. Well, let's just say, uh, you know, Pepe, Sabalos, Saliba. Or Ceballos, right? He's from Spain. Saliba, Martinelli, Tierney, David Luis, and sold the Wobi for forty million. That's pretty good Arsenal. Uh, a lot of people love the Wobi, though. I look. I think a Wobi is great. I think he needs a place. We got Nicolas Pepe. Get him out of here. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> like, you know, uh, go go somewhere where you're going to start every game. Go somewhere where you could finish seventh, not fifth. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. All right. So um, let's uh, talk about a couple other things. Uh, and then we're going to get to our interview with Brian Dunsif. Ooh, I can't uh, wait. Which Dunny. Is, which is great. We got, we got to, we talked to him about the whole uh, Petkey drama. So That's right. A little, we got finally got some RSL love on, uh, on this program. So um, uh, in, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this on Wednesday. Uh, on Wednesday's episode, but Colorado, the Colorado Rapids had a bit of a, an issue. Uh, they had a, uh, th- there was a warning before the game because there was apparently a, uh, a, a plague. Yeah. Apparently they're in game of Thrones. How do you get a plague dog? <laughs> so, it's 2019. So this plague uh, affects, um, uh, but it was a prairie dog. Yes. Plague. It, 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 so it, it is the, the plague, um, the, the, the fleas, Basically, they are, the fees are uh, the fleas are infested by the plague, and they, uh, uh, you know, are near. You know, I guess they bite or are, are interact with the prairie dogs, and uh, it is uh, apparently a hundred percent mortality rate for prairie dogs that get. Uh, this plague. So they, they're just, it's just a, a genocide. Basically yeah. so they're wiped out whenever <laughs> this, this plague comes around. Um, and it is biblical sounding. It, it, this it, has, this, the fact that a soccer game was disrupted in 2019 for something that is 
legitimately called the plague. <laughs> yes. So they are the reason this was soccer related is because they are uh, like prairie dog colonies in around uh, uh, um, Dick's Sporting Goods Park, uh, which of course build. That's where you build the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently on a prairie dog burial ground, <laughs> and now the thing is haunted. A hundred percent mortality rate only in American soccer. Can a soccer game be disrupted because it was built around a prairie dog colony yeah. that has a plague with infested fleas? And apparently this is like serious. This is a serious and thing. It's a serious thing. So they, uh, the way they, so there was a fireworks show that was canceled uh, because of it, which is how disappointing. Is I that? mean, you know, I, mean, really, I was going to have such a good plague time. Is, the plague is really affecting us. Yeah. Right? At and this our, point. Our ability to be entertained. Yeah. My, my lack of excitement now <laughs> is strictly because of the plague. <laughs> so, um, the, the rapids, um, they, they, uh, you know, the front office, they basically put out messages, warnings to people to not. So, uh, apparently there's parking lots around the stadium and that's that, and some of them are on dirt where the prairie dogs would be. Um, uh, and some of them are concrete. So they basically shut off uh, or close any of the, um, the parking lots that, that were on dirt. So to, to, you know, protect people or whatever, I don't know exactly how this plague affects human beings, uh, but uh, they, they were concerned. Of- I'm also going to suggest they hire a lobbyist to change the name of the plague <laughs> to something else. The, just the plague makes you think it's, we're talking about bubonic. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know the, the, you know, the brands of plague. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's several. I think we need to rebrand. But I think <laughs> this game, well, it was a good game. This was uh, between uh, the Rapids and uh, Montreal. Impact Rapids ended up winning six to three. That's uh, right. So they need the plague, baby. Yeah, exactly. So, Kai Kamara with a hat trick. <laughs> Kai Kamara with a hat trick. I mean, I, I was, he was a plague on the Montreal I, the, uh, back I line. I think this, this this maybe this match can be rebranded. You know, uh, the, the the you know the like the, the plague cup or, you know, know the plague, I think there's, uh, there's real good branding opportunities, right. especially for the Rapids. Maybe this could be it's a uh, shirt at the very least. It's a uh, shirt. This is a legendary moment uh-huh. in their, in their history. Like there was a plague. They, they end up having, you know, one of the be- better games of their, uh, of their probably career, you know, the, the ex- their existence, at least the season for sure. Exactly. So, uh, th- this was, uh, also how do we get this plague back next week? Huh? Come on, you, <laughs> <laughs> so uh but uh, everything worked out fine and uh it, and it was cool to see um um this dude K- kakamar get a, his second hat trick of his career which is uh insane when you think about it because he's a scorer yeah he's a scorer he's, uh, but no he's uh he's he's allergic to the third yeah, he doesn't like to do too much you exactly. know more yeah. of a brace guy exactly so um uh, last thing, uh, I, before we were going to get to some gully squad questions, but I wanted to uh, talk about the U S open cup. There were two, uh, matches this week between, uh, Atlanta and Orlando, uh, at Explorer stadium. And then the, um, second match between Portland and Minnesota, uh, at Allianz. And, uh, so we know, we know who our, our final is going to be is between Atlanta and Minnesota. It's going to be a big a lot one. Of people, a lot of people wanted uh, that rematch between Atlanta and Portland, but uh, still, still, I think, I think, I think we're still going to get a very good match. So I think it's going to be exciting. Two teams that came into the league at the same time. Yep. Kind of different, uh, you know, sort of starts to yep. their careers uh, in, in MLS. So this is exciting. Uh, Atlanta's already won quite a bit. Sure. Well, they've won. Minnesota's not won a thing. Yeah, this is their first final 
So we normally go for uh, underdogs. Do you? I'm have? excited about this game a lot because I think the I love where both of these teams are. You know, Atlanta is in like this sort of rocky kind of situation. Even though uh, you know, because we hear about all the turmoil in the locker room, the players being very vocal about it. they don't like the style of play. If they win a final, this will come a lot. It it will, but it's also very strange. Like this is like I think they're uh, Atlanta's like. I don't know. They've had so many consecutive clean sheets. It might be like their fourth. Right. It's like Atlanta United fans are, uh, or not even not the, not the fans themselves. It's weird that the players are complaining when the team is winning. You know what I mean? It seems like an odd time to be complaining. Well, they've, they've raised the stakes for, you know, previous, the previous two years have been much more, uh, fan filled and excitement, yeah. uh, fanfare, I should say. So this year they're like, Oh, we only doing really well. I clearly we should fire everybody cause we're not doing amazing. You know, yeah, it, it, it the, the comments from LGP and Joseph Martinez and everybody and PT look are looking more ridiculous as the team keeps on winning. And Either that or they worked. Oh, maybe. I don't know, but I mean, it's not that they're not playing like attractive soccer. PT Martinez is still missing great, great chances in all of his matches. It's so it's it's so frustrating that all he can do is laugh. You see him. He misses great chances and he's just smiling. He's just like, this is did it again. Typical PT. Yeah, this isn't a sitcom where they freeze frame (laughs) on you, bro. (laughs) You might be wondering how I got here. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) this it's it's become comical. Yeah. How he's he's getting he's dumbed wiring it up. He's putting he's getting put in the situations that he can do well and, and succeed. And he does not. And this and maybe it's something psychological, but it's it's all it, it looks more and more like it's the players and not Frank DeBoer. You think he's doing it on purpose? No, he's not doing it. Okay. Purpose. All right. I asked but the question. Gonna, just going to plummet his transfer value. Just like, tanking. So he goes back to uh, Latin America. Nah, he's not. He's like 21 years old. He No, he's not. He's like 25. This is a big, uh, PT's not young. How old is PT? PT is like, I believe he's 24, 25 years old. He, he stayed in Argentina probably a little too long or now he's 26. So he, he Oh yeah, no, he can't tank. He, he this is his opportunity. He has to do well here in Atlanta because he the reason he's not in Europe is cuz people didn't want to take a chance on him. So he needs to prove himself in this quote-unquote weaker league and he is not. He is certainly not. If anything, he's proving that some of those people who didn't take a chance on him are correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um the uh so yeah, the the yeah, the, the so the final is gonna be on August, I believe twenty seventh, on um uh, uh, against so be, between those two teams, between Minnesota and Atlanta. I I'm I excited about it. I I'm I'm impressed that Minnesota did win this game against Portland. I thought Portland was probably the the better side, but they, uh, there's something, uh, there's something again this year, they, there's a little, they're rejuvenated. The, 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 you know, the expectation to lose is not there. They just signed the Uruguayan. Did you see that? Ta- Tomas Chacon. Chacon, baby. Okay. So, uh, the, so many Uruguayans coming in this league. I've been telling people so forever. Weirdly, they, they announced the signing at halftime of the U.S. Open Cup game, which is very strange. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, between, <laughs> which is a weird. They're like, hey, 20% of our fan base that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a great time, but whatever. Uh, they ended up winning. So, do you remember Edie Chacon? Of course. Do you? Yeah. The name just popped in my head. I, for those of you who don't not know. Many, not many chakongs, you know. You know yeah. uh, Google her, yeah. <laughs> so. <coughs> uh, 
Don't die. Don't die. <laughs> Just coughing too much. Anyway. <clears throat> So I uh, so uh, before we get to our interview with uh, Brian Dunster, this is a thing that we haven't uh, uh, done enough that we're going to try to do a bit more regularly. We, we want to take uh, Gully Squad questions. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I thought you were going to say we're going to hold hands. I'm like, we do that all the time. Exactly, baby. We kiss on the cheek. Right? Very European out here. Very, yeah, we walk down the street holding hands. What, you never been to Turkey, my guy? <laughs> yeah, that was like an interesting... And that's the thing I never really understand. I remember when I when I went to Dubai, you you, you know, you hear about like um, homophobia of like all these Muslim cultures and stuff like that. Right. And then you go to these places. Oh, dudes are holding hands. Yeah, a lot of dudes holding hands. All dudes holding hands. Like, women aren't even allowed to walk near them <laughs> sometimes. So, I don't know. What is like? What, where where do you lie on this issue? Because yeah. it, it I mean, are we allies? <laughs> are we for? Are we against? I don't get it. But please, someone explain it. To you me. tell me. <laughs> so uh, we have some Gully Squad questions. So if you guys want to uh, uh, be a part of uh, the Gully Squad, make sure you go to soccercoolings.com slash Gully Squad. Feel free to join, and you can ask us questions about anything. You know, uh, you can ask about comedy, about uh, about food. Uh, please, know, and, and I'm the expert here, so I'm I will happily answer. <laughs> so the um so let's uh let's just go through them okay so this is uh uh this is from anibal roldan <laughs> yeah love anibal anibal atlanta united fan he also aka guaro papi yeah that's right aka gonna ruin your life by putting aguadiente in your mouth whether you want it or not <laughs> he goes he just has a gif of of uh, this is the mindy, <laughs> that question's for Alexis. the mindy kelling gif uh, from the office that just says number one how dare you <laughs> so it's a fair fair question alexis uh answer that because i can <laughs> <laughs> so uh he asked about uh there was another one about uh, anibal uh, we have uh, anibal godoy just got um signed by nashville sing yeah i didn't see he says the promo video what do i think of the pro- i haven't it's, seen the promo video it's just a picture of a shadow he posted okay so, so. uh so i don't know uh, the actual video but he just says it might you- be a joke because they didn't do one i'm not 100 percent sure Anibal godoy san jose uh earthquake uh plays for uh, he played in the world cup with panama that's right um and and sold, for, I believe, for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in like gam or something. Some type of Which am. Is a lot of money for Anibal Godoy. Anibal Godoy is not that. Like yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily worth. They might that. be FC Cincinnatiing. Well, that's what I'm saying. That people uh, think it's like the, it's the Fernando Ari. Like they just you know they need a new player. They need an MLS talent, some right. a veteran. They have all this money and it was like, might as well use it on somebody. Nah, uh, that's a, that's a mistake, bro. But, but a great move for San Jose. San Jose Anibal, like, yeah, don't go, 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 go. hasn't even really been getting minutes. It's like, I, you know, they were like, well, take it. Like, yeah. oh, you don't want to counter? No, 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 no. Here he is. So hopefully that's why he, I remember like three years ago, he had, uh, the dude has like a cannon. I remember he like yeah. rocketed one a couple of years ago. So the dude's definitely capable. He's got some skill. I don't know if he's working. worth he's that more, money. He's more of a defensive mid kind of guy, right? Yeah. Uh, so he, he's definitely capable of doing some things, but he, he's definitely just an MLS veteran and he can uh, provide some stability. So, um, so these, this is from uh, Wayne Powell. Uh, Wayne Powell, you know, I also, uh, Wayne actually just got, I saw on his Instagram, he got into a car accident. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah. And luckily he's okay, but it was like fairly serious. So Wayne, I'm glad you're doing okay. Yeah. Wayne, please. Uh, yeah. He, I believe he's, he's a Timber, he's a Timbers fan, I believe living in Arizona, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, but, Dude, thank you. You're still here and you're doing okay. So um, I, I, I had sent him a message uh, just to make sure he was okay. But um, but he asked, uh, Wayne asked, how long have you each been doing comedy? Pretty much the same. We've both been about a little over yeah, 10 I, years. I started in 2008. 
Okay, I started in 2009. Okay. No, no, I think it started, I started in 2008 as well. Yeah, I started June. No, I did start in 2009. This my, is my 10th year. My first official show was June 22nd, 2008. Oh, I don't know those dates. I forget right away. But I do know you that- in, You don't even know your wife's birthday, buddy. No, of course it is. It's uh, January 53rd. So come at me, bro. Um, which we'll call it. Yeah, it's uh, what uh, 10 years, just about 10 years. Actually, in August, it'll be 10 years. I do know that I started in August. So this month. Yeah. So I, I'm, uh, I, I have already been doing it 11 officially. Yeah. So uh, yeah, long time to be doing this. Uh, it's a long, long time. Yeah. I would say consistently or almost like quote unquote full time. It's probably been about six years for me. Uh, I, I'm, I would not say I'm all, oh, I mean, everything comedy related. Yeah. Maybe may like three or four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like really it's, it's, you never, you never know when you're, you're going to be There's rock- no way. Yeah. yeah you you can-, can only look back and go, Oh yeah, I was doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Like people are like, what level are you at? It's like, there's really no way to tell. Exactly. So uh, he asked another question. He says, are we ever going to see any standup specials from either of you? Very soon. Maybe actually. Very soon, maybe. So look, I, we'll be frank where we've been. Uh, no, we- I'm going to still be Alexis dude. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, huh? been, Speaking of comedy, we've been talking, and you can let us know if, if this is something that is interesting to you, but we've been talking about either possibly doing um, uh, stand-up albums at the very least uh, separately uh, right. like or maybe doing a show together where we both each record like one hour and we, we record that and then put that out as an album or we actually have been talking about doing a Cooligan stand-up album that is like includes would be like maybe 30 to 40 minutes of each of our stand-up and maybe some soccer jokes in it as well or right. some, maybe something of us both together doing something so that these are the conversations we've had. We don't know. Like it's difficult on top of like running the Cooligans and doing that. And then to also kind of do a project like this. Cause it, it is a lot, right? But it's uh, you, you can let us know what is this. If, if we did a stand up show, uh, that w- maybe wasn't soccer related. Would you come to that? So Here's we- the other idea we had. We thought about maybe doing it in one city, like, you know, maybe going to LA or maybe going to Atlanta or maybe doing it here in New York and performing in front of Cooligans fans. Each of us do say half an hour and that be our album and we could sell them individually, but for Cooligans fans, we'll, we'll put them together. Yeah. So it'll make it like a, a Cooligans dual album, or you could just listen to it on Spotify, whatever it is you're interested in. Or, the other idea we had is we travel the country, maybe we could do like three or four cities and do the same set and chop it up or maybe do different sets in those cities, chop that up and make that the album. And we record it across a couple different states and maybe make it like a little film out of it or a little special that we could put up. That's yeah, that's an option too. It's a big project, but it's a big project. It, it, it's something and it, Gully Squad money is going to go towards <laughs> yeah. that. So thank you, Gully Squad. Yeah. So if that's something that you would be interested in, uh, please let us know because we uh, it, it is um, it, it's not a it's a thing that we could realistically do you know it's not too hard to do it we already we, we have our, our 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 material right we can we, yeah we were prepared to do it it's just about planning it uh and things like that so um, and we would need the help of the fans to get some of the teams involved you know to help promote it things like that who knows? But, exactly so yeah there's uh, a lot that goes into it but if that's something you guys be interested in if, if you'd want to come to our album so to speak recording or our special uh, filming, let us know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be cool. So, uh, and then he also asks, uh, these are quick questions. He says, how's the podcast affected the way you go about doing comedy? Uh, and I don't think it really has. I, for me, it has. I think it's, you know, like um, it's given me 
something to focus my energy on when it comes to being a soccer fan so that when I get on stage, I'm just a comedian. And and there's certainly soccer jokes that I tell on my set, but I think, you know, whenever you segment what sort of your interests, I think they help each of them. You know what I mean? Okay. Like when you're like, Oh, I'm a real big fan of whatever it is knitting. If you do a knitting podcast or you start knitting on the internet, it's going to help your comedy. Cause you've now you stop sort of interrupting the mind of, of a comedian with thoughts of knitting. Do you get what I'm saying? Sure. So I've been able to sort of, spend some of my soccer energy into this podcast. It's actually helped me with my stand up. Sure. I, I think from, uh, I, yeah, I, I, it's weird. Cause like my, uh, energy has always been very like multifaceted. I'm like, always like, Oh, what project can I do? Can I write this? Can right. I film this or whatever? So I've always sort of been that type of comedian and with, as a stand-up comedian, I think maybe the only way it's really affected it is that I'm more conscious of like, um, how do I make, jokes that soccer fans could appreciate as well. Like uh, where I think it's also given us a fan base, which is, that is, uh, yeah, that, that has been great, but like, it doesn't affect how I do comedy. No, it just, I mean, it affects that I have an opportunity to perform in front of people. I otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to. Yeah. You and I have been able to tell MLS specific jokes in certain rooms like in DC or when we were at the ICS. I'm I'm actually, or ISC. it, it, It makes me think about like, what, what is a joke that is related to soccer that everyone will enjoy. Like, how do I make a universal soccer joke? And that is the challenge. And that's been like the kind of fun, which is more important than universal healthcare. I mean, Jesus, who needs it? Right. Universal soccer jokes. (laughs) Wildly important. Yeah. Like I've been doing jokes about Megan Rapinoe uh, and, and they've been getting laughs at regular shows and at, at at our Cooligan show. So that makes me genuinely happy because I can kind of merge those. When we, when we can blend those worlds more, we do. Uh, So, uh, Next, uh, next up, we, uh, I don't understand this one. Will Galvez Jr. says, um, yes. Could you unpack the pizza love life topic some more? I, I made the joke about, uh, in the question, I'm like, I said, you can ask questions about soccer, comedy, pizza, love life, pizza, love life. That's when, oh, pizza, love life. Uh, well, when, I mean, you understand why I have all the love handles that I do. <laughs> so it was just a joke, but, okay. uh, you know, so whatever. So Melanie is Isbell said, uh, w- will y'all come back to Dallas? Uh, thank you for hitting us with a y'all. Yeah. There uh, I'll come back. Would you go back? Yeah. I actually, we were hanging out with, um, um, the, the FC Dallas, um, uh, people at all star. They were so awesome. Uh, and, uh, and they had, uh, she, she had mentioned, uh, you know, another invitation to go into the national soccer hall of fame. Cause every year there's going to be an induction ceremony. Right. Maybe we can go back and do some other stuff. Then so we'll that, that, could that, you make it in the winter so we don't have to suffer <laughs> through the summer? It wasn't that bad. We went, we, we went in like, uh, it was actually se- raining. September. Yeah it, yeah. it wasn't that bad. So, uh, Nolan, uh, Nolan Gonzalez Fuentes says, what cities around the United States are you most excited to check out their food culture one day or to go back and check out again? doesn't have to be MLS cities. Uh, oh, okay. Um, if it doesn't have to be MLS cities and I really want to go back to Portland and sort of really experience the food there. Yeah. I feel like we ate in the same place like three or four times. So Portland is such a, such a food rich city that I would love to explore yeah, more we of the culture that, there. That, that food truck city. There was like a food truck area. Oh, that was dope. That was really good. Yeah, that was really cool. It was like six or seven food trucks all lined up. They're all the same looking truck. They're like trailers. Yeah. And they're all from different countries. There was a Cuban one there. Cuban yeah, I, Puerto I, Rican think, one. I think I had Colombian food there. That yeah, was like delicious. It was dope. Um, yeah, and the pizza there is good. We didn't get the chance to go to Pizza Shoals. Um, a Pizza Shoals. Yeah, we uh, went to what, the, what pizza place? We went to Scotty's. Shouts to Scotty. Yeah, that was really Absolutely good. Absolutely incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. So, shouts to Scotty. We didn't get to try out Pizza Shoals. We didn't get to try out Red Sauce. So, we want to do that. Um, and honestly, I'd love to go someplace that like no one talks about, like Salt Lake City, maybe, you know? Okay. Let's just see what's going on food wise there. Maybe it's trash. You know what I mean? But like, let's check it out. Okay. 
uh, yeah, let us know. Also, Hawaii, dog. Let's go to Hawaii, <laughs> yo. Yeah, what's the soccer scene out there? Yeah, like? We'll just find out. <laughs> we'll relax mostly, but we'll also find out what's yeah, going on. Um, actually, uh, I, I believe Kaylin Carr did like a movement uh, episode about Hawaii. And yeah. like, oh, there's a problem. Why is there like, no soccer? Hawaii FC, dog? Hey, man. Come on. That's an away trip everybody wants to make. Uh, Brian Michael, uh, uh, our friend, NYCFC fan, he says, uh, why Arsenal? Why Everton? Uh, I'll answer first. Uh, yeah. I, 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 if you listen to the beginning of this uh, show, I was actually trying to decide between Arsenal and Everton. I was uh, trying my hardest to make you a gooner. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Arsenal didn't connect with me the way I kind of, uh, I, there was something about Everton. I, and I was also hearing Everton a lot around. Like it was like that, that I, everybody Lukaku was there at the time. Yeah, he had the braids. Yeah. Everybody was talking about Arsenal. Everybody was talking about like Liverpool, Manchester United, but something Everton, you know, they had Tim Howard. Uh, they had, so they had that American connection. I'm like, you know what? This seems like a, a, a bit of a more, just an underdog kind of thing. And I was like, let me, let me just do this. And, and I, that's why I chose Everton. Yeah. Um, and that was a mistake. Uh, and so, <laughs> So was mine. Uh, <laughs> I chose Arsenal uh, way back when I was a kid. Um, well, was, got, I'm just saying we have uh, a, a, a Wobie and Theo Walcott. So we basically, I'm basically an Arsenal fan anyway. You, you, you're, <laughs> you're now cheering for the Arsenal team that you should have chosen four exactly, years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there was only two teams they showed on tape delay. I've told the story a bunch of times. Um, and these guys used to make fun of us and they were all Manchester United fans. So I picked the other team, which was Arsenal. Um, I also used to play FIFA a lot and Arsenal was super good. So, uh, you know, why not? And I, you know, felt in love with Thierry Henry and Arsene Wenger and, and you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Vieira and Robert Perez. Uh, Vieira scares me. I scared Robert Perez. You know, I've gotten the chance to meet uh, Thierry Henry on a couple occasions. Things like that. Like that's been sure. I've sort of gotten those moments and I've just been I've been a gooner ever since, bruh. Okay. Uh, makes sense. All right. A um, couple uh, more questions here. Yeah, just a couple more. Uh, Abraham, Abe Apodi from uh, Minnesota. He's a Minnesota United fan. Came to our live show. Yeah. Great, Abe is dope. Great, great dude. Thanks, Abe. Uh, he says, uh, what are each of your top five slow jams for when it's quote unquote business time? And what are your top five pizza, pizza places in New York? This is a lot. Bonus round. If you're for some crazy reason no longer able to live in NYC, where would you live and why? Okay. Ooh. So I'll give you, I'll give you like one or two slow jam songs. I'm not going to list top five because yeah, I don't know lot. that I know that many. Uh, I'll start off with, um, uh, was it H town? Okay. I don't see nothing wrong <laughs> with a little bumming grind. Okay. And number two, which I put in my honeymoon playlist and it, my wife was not very happy about it. <laughs> it was the uh, Jodeci freaking you remix All right. with Ghostface and Raekwon. <laughs> if my wife calls you my cousin Dawn, yeah. hello. <laughs> she was not happy this about that. This is the that. weird thing about Alexis Guerrero's that it, uh, he's uh, on the outside. He is a, a Cuban Uruguayan member on the inside. He's an old black man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of soul, <laughs> buddy. I pulled all of a sudden we are in our honeymoon and all you hear is Raekwon starting to spit bars. And my wife's like, what is wrong with you? How is this setting a mood? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm wearing a full mink and Timberlands right now. For me, um, the, I, I, so I don't necessarily have a top five, but I would say any kind of bachata song, any Aventura, uh, uh, Romeo, 
um, uh, you know, especially because you go don't understand the lyrics. You know, it's kind of beautiful. <laughs> you could be singing about anything. <laughs> so that is. Uh, She's like, is this song about sandwiches? Nah, yo, not at all. What you talking about? That, to me, like bachata music is the most like uh, kind of romantic music there sort of is. Like when I hear, we are it. both pretty broken people. So that is. Uh, if you don't know bachata music, it's just a different. It's a different. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you're you're thrusting in a different tone. <laughs> Let's say that's right. Yeah. So, so okay. So now we know you base the music based on like uh, you pick the music based on the the thrusting pattern. Oh, absolutely. The percussion <laughs> is very important. <laughs> I can't be I can't be making love with no triplet beat. It's just too much. A little tough. You're gonna bro- blow out your back. I know. Already did that. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, top five pizza places. I'll give you two great ones: Lindustry in Williamsburg, Scars, uh, and shouts to Scars who just got uh, a pair of Air Force Ones uh, as a collab. No, he didn't buy. Oh, it. I yeah. think it was just like a product. Him for going to Foot Locker and getting some No, he speaker. has his own Scars Pizza. Uh, it's a bespoke. It's not a collab, meaning, you know, they like ordered it. But still, I mean, you know, it's it's a big moment when you get your own Air Force Ones. That's, that's so shout out to them. Check out their Instagram. It's all over it. Um, and if I could live anywhere else that's not NYC, if I had to, where? <sighs> I'll give you three cities. It's either London, probably Dublin, or Montreal. And I'm probably Montreal on the top of that list. Yeah, that's so weird. I, I was gonna say I wasn't gonna say Montreal. I was gonna say Toronto. Um, Toronto's just like New yeah, York, though. It, yeah, well, maybe that's why because it's just like that, and then not have to worry about you know getting gunned down at a Walmart. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's something comfort, a little bit more comforting about that, right? Uh, but it's close enough, you know, where I can still come back and visit. Yeah, that's uh, why I like Montreal, six hours away, but it's its own culture. It's like a little Europe. Uh, yeah, Dublin as well. I mean, yeah. I, I love. We talk about Ireland so much on on this show, but Dub- and in our personal lives, we yeah, absolutely Dublin love Ireland. It's just like one of my favorite cities. It's just like the 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 connection to the to the history. Uh, it's wild. It feels like an old city. It's you just, walk by something that's like two years old and the next thing is like a thousand years yeah, old. It's yeah. sickening. It's uh, so dope. Top city. I don't even know. Maybe, maybe DR, I guess, in, in Santiago. You go back? Yeah, why not? You know? All right, that's what y'all do, right? You take your money and you go back. <laughs> you look like a king out there. Uh, uh, Peter Carcia, he asked, uh, uh, I want to hear Alexis take on New Haven Pizza, which I don't think it will be very long. You don't want it. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to hear it. Um, look, uh, the baking is incredible. Um, um, Sally's has a better atmosphere than Pepe's. Pepe's knows how to bake a pizza better than Sally's. Uh, Modern is maybe better than all of them. Uh, Bar and Colony are better than those. Zuparti's makes the best um, clam pizza. The problem with all of them, there's not a lot of flavor in the crust. The char on the outside is from the oven, not from the dough. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. And uh, we went to Modern uh, and I said, yo, y'all sheet the dough. And the guy's like, no, we don't. And when we went in the back, what did we see? A goddamn dough sheeter. I don't talk to me sideways, my guy. I know what I'm eating. I know what I'm eating, my dude. I know when y'all taking shortcuts. That's my problem with New Haven pizza. It's better than other regional pizzas. It's not better than New York's pizza. And y'all didn't invent cold oven pizza, my guy. Y'all got it from us. I uh-uh. bars. Okay, <laughs> destroyed uh, in one shot. Catherine Tucker. She asks. Uh, this is uh, she's RSL fan, uh, tried and true. One of my favorite people we've ever met. One of my favorite people. Yeah. She's absolutely awesome. She she says y'all are really blowing up and finally getting more credit for all the amazing things you're doing for MLS culture. So what are your dream quote next steps for the Cooligans besides replacing Men and Blazers at MLS All Star? Obviously, that will remain on the top of my list. <laughs> um, I will say that uh, we are going to be announcing something uh, next week, which 
That is sort of a dream. That it's, is very much a dream. But it, it, it's it's hard for us to not tell you already because um, we want to share this with you guys, uh, but contractually we're not allowed to. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I hope you guys support us in this because it, it's legit part of the dream. Part of the vision that Christian and I had once we saw what was happening with Cooligans. This may not have been the first thing we thought of, but when we saw how Cooligans was sort of moving and we were like, oh, imagine this could happen. It's going to happen. And I'm beyond excited and I'm beyond thankful and grateful for every one of you that have ever once touched that subscribe button or left a review or, 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 retweeted us us. or yeah, just came up behind us <laughs> and surprised us in a way that would make us uncomfortable if we were secretaries. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, you honestly just like you, you've when I can't wait till next week. You guys have kind of changed our lives. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as next steps is, um, it's, it's difficult to say because I think uh, this was a, what sort of, and by the way, I, after what we announced, nothing's done. Like we're going to keep building. Yeah, there's like, still a lot going on, but I, I would say next steps. And as far as, you know, from, from year to year with Cooligans, I think it, it, it initially we were just like, Oh, can, you know, I think we were sort of just figuring each other out. Like, can we work together and do right. and do this? We were and exploring then, each other. Is that each other's bodies? <laughs> you know, very slowly. I was tr- searching for ticks. <laughs> <laughs> but we, year after year, I think it was like, you know, first year was like, can can we work together? Then second year was like, yo, what is this? People are like kind of into this. Do be, I guess people do like soccer and comedy. Yeah. And then do uh, enough. Yeah, and then the, the third year we're like, okay, maybe enough people do. And, and I think we're at, sort of at a point where um, I think the next steps are, can we, can we possibly um, make uh, soccer uh, um, much more of like the cultural fabric of like society, right? Where like, and I don't know how this happens. And maybe, maybe in a long timeline, maybe in a hundred years, people were like, wow, the Cooligans were like the first to kind of normalize. Yeah. They begat yeah. with these other podcasts or these other people. So I, I think that I, and I, and I try to do this as much as possible. And you know, you, sometimes you hear us on other podcasts and we talk about soccer and you hear that the comedians that we're talking to have no idea what we're talking about. They don't know MLS. They don't know American soccer. They don't, they barely know global soccer. Yeah. So I, think for I'll say things like the arsenals. Yeah. You know, like they don't know what they're for doing Us to find ways to infuse soccer into, um, into our comedy and into other comedic projects that we do. I think those are kind of the next steps. Like how do we get, you know, we we're when we, when we're doing this podcast, we're clearly speaking to this bubble and we're in this bubble and right. we all enjoy this. And, uh, and that's, and that's the fun part. And we have a place to go to, but like, how can we sort of expand it? And so that, how do we reach over and grab other people that aren't already soccer fans and say, oh, okay. Yeah. And I think that that is the, the enjoyable part because that is the, the challenge. Uh, and I, you know, I mentioned it earlier with my standup. I'm like, how do I make these jokes universal? But it's just like soccer all, all over the world is, is the universal language. So like it, it, how can we kind of uh, implement that here as well and right. make it uh, just a be, be more of like the, 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 public sort of consciousness. And we just want to give you guys more things to laugh at, more things to enjoy. We know you guys are soccer fans. We know that if you're listening to this episode, certainly you're a Cooligans fan. We want to give you even more to enjoy. And I don't know how we do that. I don't know if we can, but that's certainly what we're trying to do every single day. Yeah. All right. So thank Catherine. Great question. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing everything we can. And it sucks, man. This is the first year we haven't been in Chicago, like in thinking three years for uh, Nicole Hack's birthday, which is when we usually see 
Catherine. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I also happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Happy belated Nicole. birthday, Nicole. Hack. You uh, are an OG and you're one of the best. Okay. So uh last question. This is from Mike Thomas. This is the the Philadelphia Union fan who I just saw on Twitter renewed his season tickets. Okay. Um I don't know if Alabadoya screaming at him maybe helped. Congrats. Well he did something. <laughs> he did you know, something. He was yeah. like, no, you're right, I should do something. <laughs> so uh it was, it was, it was, you love to see it. So uh, he says top three comedy influences. Uh, oh, comedy influences. And then and also worst or best heckler stories. So, um, all right. I'll from, give you uh, top three, George Carlin, uh, uh, Mitch Hedberg. Um, so yeah. And Ted Alexandro, my top. Three. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and you know, Ted, which is dope. Yeah. Um, I'll say, uh, Patrice O'Neill. Um, yeah. uh, Top three influences. Uh, I would say Patrice O'Neill. I would say uh, Bill Burr. <laughs> Shockingly. Uh, um, I can tell you I'm not probably one of his influences uh, or someone he likes. But um, and third, um, Faulty Towers, uh, the show that made oh, sure. me that made me think differently about how comedy should be done. I'd, I'd never seen yeah, British can, comedy before. I didn't think of other, other outside of stand-up comedy, but I would also add Bonnie McFarlane, one. Incredible. One of my favorite comedian. comedians ever. I, I can only pick three, but I'd also Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. In high not school, a comedian, by the not, way, but hilarious. Ch- changed my life. I mean, he's a writer, right? He, yeah. he came from, he wrote on the Simpsons, but Conan O'Brien was the, was probably the person that I saw that I was like, Oh wow. You could be silly that way. And, and be a comedian. And, and I think he was the first person that triggered in my mind that I could possibly do. Comedy. Oh, also a chipping, right? Who was <laughs> Chespirito. Yeah. Chespirito. That's it. <laughs> so shouts to all the original, the OG Latino stuff that they played at like noon yeah. on channel 41. Uh, worst, worst or best heckler story. Um, I don't, oh, there was a guy who, uh, oh, I love the one from the, the, the country club that you did. Oh, that was, that was the worst. Yeah. Uh, the microphone shut off. Nobody was paying attention. People were just booing and laughing and eating. They were yeah. all drunk. Uh, it was just one of the worst shows ever. They, they grabbed the microphone from me to go fix it. And they left me up there. And the guy's like, you got 15 more minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, are you serious? I'm, you have me keep going. So I was trying to do it with no microphone. I'm roasting every table, just trying to sort of gain some momentum. And I see someone walk up to me. I'm bombing as bad as I've ever bombed in my entire life. Yeah. And I see someone walk up to me with a camera, a phone in front of his face recording. And I say, dude, you can't record. They told you no recording. Pulls the camera down. It's my wife's cousin. <laughs> He apparently a member of this country club without telling me. And he is FaceTiming with my in-laws. Of course. Just watching me bomb <laughs> horrifically. No one in that family has respect for me. None at all. So uh, my worst one um, had to be at uh, Stress Factory where I do this joke about not wanting to own a gun. Yes. That's just the joke. That's the premise of the joke. I don't want, I don't want one. You could have one. I don't want one. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite jokes. Like, what are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to get shot. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So the, uh, I was doing this joke and there was a guy in the front row. I have this, it's a video on YouTube that I, I, I happened to be filming. I put it up, but the guy was, uh, in, he was like, in, he insulted that I was like anti-gun and because he owned a, a gun shop in Florida. I thought a gun factory. A gun factory, whatever, yeah. whatever. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, so he owned a gun factory. The guy was like super drunk. You know, he just means like his weights in his basement, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he calls his arms. Yeah. The gun, gun. The gun factory. He's my gun factory because <laughs> it makes these guns right here. <laughs> so uh, he... 
it was it was pretty scary and it's weird as as a comic he was very aggressive he was aggressive it, it, as a comic you're you're so focused on making the show entertaining that you're not worried about like your actual safety. Yeah. Right. And he, um, you know, I'm making jokes because he basically says, uh, that he has a gun factory. And then I make a joke like, well, it sounds like you have the smallest dick ever. Right. right. If you say that, cause I thought he was joking. Right. Of course. But he's like, no, I have a gun factory. <laughs> uh, Benjamin's like, no, I really do have the smallest dick ever. <laughs> That's why I bought the gun factory. Uh, oh, you know what? It all checks out. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it turns out you're right. <laughs> comedian. So, but he ended up, he, 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 stood up which was like sort of pretty scary uh and he ended up he ended up sitting back down mate i just made a lot of jokes about it but everyone was uncomfortable after the show so many people came up to me and they were like hey man you handled that like so well i was like really scared and i'm like you were like you were actually scared and then i'm thinking about it, i'm like yeah it was why scary. was i he was, <laughs> yeah. yeah why wasn't i scared at all <laughs> yeah. what it's like there's something as a comedian that you were you're like Oh, I have to be brave in front of everything Strangers. and everyone. Yeah. And it's like, me? well, some situations are actually dangerous. You yeah, know, no, when I get on stage, I think, who am I going to hide behind <laughs> in case shit pops off? <laughs> no, nah, man, but it was, uh, you can watch the video on YouTube. It was actually a pretty surreal moment. And even when I watch it back, sometimes I'm like, I, I remember the comedian I was, you know, year one, year two, year three. I'm like, I wouldn't have done that. There's that you, 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 you mature as a comedian yeah, for sure. and as a person and you don't even really like pay attention to it. But when you, as a comic, you can look at yourself early on and, and see yourself now. And you're like, wow, I would have, I would have not handled that that way. Uh, and it, it was a way that it was still funny. It's, it definitely, you know, kind of repeated what people were thinking in their, in their heads. Right. Uh, and it was able to, uh, cause I wasn't the last comic, right. There was still like three other comedians left. So that could have been volatile. could have been a powder keg for exactly. sure. And, uh, and, and I was proud of myself for handling it and not, and the show not falling apart, you know, cause I could have easily, there are comics that would have been like flipped out, been, been angry, yell at the dude. Yeah. Have, have this weird thing. And then that dude is sitting there or for the, go too hard at that guy. Yeah. And then now the, he has to feel like he has to then, prove he owns a gun. Factory. Exactly. Yeah. And now there's like, you know, 30, 40 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, and all the comedian has to deal with it. And weirdly enough, uh, after the show, the guy came up to me and was like, Hey man, if you need a gun, I can, I, I can actually help you out. I'm like, <laughs> no, right, no, man, this is not. <laughs> the bit was real, dude. I don't want one. <laughs> so people are wild. So that, that was my kind of worst slash best heckler story. Yeah. So. I will say that, uh, you know, one thing that I think f- to, to your point, and I think something that gives a little bit of a window as to why we do this podcast the way we do is a comedian's job is to be funny and that's it. And I know a lot of times that sounds like a, like I'm scapegoating because somebody said something disrespectful and you're like, but they were just trying to be funny. What you don't understand is when a comedian's up there, you're cognizant of the fact that anything that happens, your job is to make it funny. And it's really the only gear your brain has left as a comic that's been doing it for 10 years or more. What you start to do is your brain stops working every other way and just starts to take everything in and make something funny because it's how we handle everything. Yeah. It's how we do everything. So on this podcast, from time to time, we are covering serious issues or issues that any other podcast would handle with a bit more panache. That's not our role. That's why we constantly want to make a joke. That's why we hope you come to us. When you click on Cooligans, it's not to have something be completely somber or completely serious. You're going to have those moments because life is life. But what we hope you understand is that we want you to laugh and smile. And if we can help take some of that pain away or take some of that worry away or take some of that, uh, you know, Whatever away, that's what we're doing. Why we do exactly. So, with that said, uh, I'm glad we got so. That, thank you for all the Gully Squad questions. Uh, we appreciate it. And yeah, if it, you want to ask a, a couple questions, 
Become a member of Gully Squad. Exactly. So uh, go to soccercooligans.com slash Gully Squad. Uh, feel free to join at any level. There's a lot of uh, fun little perks. We should add a $1,000 a month level just to, like in case some ballers want to join. You know? <laughs> we got to look out for the ballers. Right. You know? What if what if some of these women's national team players that Jermaine Jones is saying making all that money, <laughs> but if they want to join, yo. <laughs> sure. We, we, they, should, they should be an appropriate level for them. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, these millionaire women. Yeah. That- <laughs> they almost make too much money now that we look at it. Okay, you have all this disposable income. Join Gully Squad. Yeah, maybe one of these crooked lobbyists feel terrible about their <laughs> lives. <laughs> and they want to join us to give a little bit of penance back. Exactly. $1,000 level, baby. Exactly. All right. So thank you uh, again for all the questions. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, maybe we'll do more of these. Uh, it's kind of fun to to step away a little bit from soccer and talk about some other uh, things. So so feel free. Uh, the next time we do one, get some uh, uh, some questions uh in the barrel that's uh, right uh, uh so you can uh, uh so you know we can talk about them on the show and then so, to the gentleman who sent us or the person i should say who sent us the email uh at the beginning of the show uh thank you thank you for being self-aware thank you for changing the way you think thank you for being more open and most importantly uh thank you for sharing your story with us because that's important for us to hear exactly so thank you so much for that all right so we have uh um i know it's a, a fairly longer episode than you usual maybe i don't know even now how, how much what time we're at but so it's about an hour okay but we have a uh, a great interview that we did with brian dunseth so um uh, at mls all-star at a uh, at a conference room uh we were kicked out of one room and brought into another so that was cool yeah uh, that was pretty dope um so Brian Dunseth, uh, he is, um, he, he does, uh, the color commentary for, uh, RSL. Um, and, uh, he's on, um, he has a show on Sirius XM called counterattack that he does, uh, with Tony Miola. Um, absolutely incredible. Great dude. Great dude. You, if you follow, if you follow him on Twitter, um, he's, he, he's also, he's one of these, um, you know, he's a former MLS guy and a, a, uh, a voice of like, I don't know, I don't know necessarily voice of reason, but I always looked for his, his takes, you know what I mean? He, he's he a, common sense. He has a, a lot good, of common sense. He seems a, to view things in a very positive way sometimes, he's a good, which is he great. Keeps it, he keeps it real. Yeah. Uh, but also he's not coarse about anything. Right. Uh, like what people say about me. Exactly. Uh, so, the, um, well, the, I mean, this is not about, this, we're not interviewing you, Alexis. Oh, okay. Uh, um, but we had a great conversation with him and, and specifically, uh, and I appreciate that he was candid about it and talking about um, the, the the Mike Pecky suspension. You know, we haven't spoken about it on our show yet, but because we we wanted we had to, this interview, we had yeah. this conversation. So we had this is where you you'll hear our takes about the whole Pecky situation. So uh, so here it is. Here's our conversation with Brian Dunseth. Yeah, baby, we're back. Yes, inside a boardroom this time. Woo! Okay, we uh, we've upgraded from just a loud lobby, and by upgrading, he means we got kicked out of the lobby. Uh, <laughs> we were asked to move to a boardroom. <laughs> it's weird, a free boardroom. It's though. it's, it's kind of cool when you uh, get get removed from a place. They're like, sir, you're not allowed to sit in these seats. We're bringing you to a suite. <laughs> <laughs> this never happens to us. It's yeah. incredible. Uh, sir, you've been kicked out of this flight. Welcome to this private jet <laughs> that will take you where you need to go. <laughs> so, so pretty incredible. Wine glasses for some water. You know how we do. Pinkies uh, out, baby. No, um, we got out. an amazing guest. I mean, you've heard his voice. You know him. You've watched him play. You love him. Maybe you hate him. 
Maybe it's one of the two. Maybe his name means a place you go poop in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, unless you're driving, put your hands together for the one, the only, Brian Dunson, a.k.a. Dunny. What's going on, guys? Thanks well, for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, I saw you. Uh, we rode the elevator together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we did. You know what? Coincidentally, uh, we rode the elevator together. And I said, hey, man, we'd love to have you on the podcast. And, uh, and I, we had gotten off on the same floor. Yep. Didn't realize... I'm not staying on your floor. Uh, oh, really? I just, I, I see, just, I see how they work. I just yeah. got off on the same again. Again, that's that New York in us. We yeah. follow you if you say no to us. <laughs> I yeah. walked out. I took a right, yeah. and then all of a sudden, he probably took like four steps to the left, and then went. Dude, but I thought I was he on the did correct that, like, floor. Cable guy walk. I literally, yeah. I went to the room and I was like hitting, uh, putting my key card. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, it's not working because while we've been here, we're at we're at the Marriott right mm-hmm. here in Orlando for the MLS the luxurious Marriott by the highway with construction <laughs> going on. So, but. Um, uh, my key card has, has stopped working twice okay. since I've been here. So I have to go replace it. you're on the wrong floor each time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Right? Like, Dude, I didn't hear you it trying worked. to get in the I was hitting. I was, I was trying to get the door open. And then I'm like, and then I start knocking because I'm assuming he's in there. And I'm just bang, bang, bang. I'm like, yo, how come nobody's opening or whatever? And uh, luckily nobody opened the door. Oh, my gosh. would have been a nightmare. I was on the wrong floor. Uh, so <laughs> at least have you ever have you have you guys ever walked into your hotel room after checking in? And there's somebody in the bed in the hotel room. No. Yes, and I'm always like, I didn't ask, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't order her. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, see, I, I didn't get a her. Okay. Yeah, right, no. Just, no, it uh, happened to me once. I, I walked in. I walked in, and I see a uh, cup of coffee, a little bit of steam coming out of it. I'm like, huh? And then I hear the toilet flush, and I'm like, oh, oh no, boy. this is going to be awkward. Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, how did you not hear the door open? And he had headphones on. Wow. So I'm like, wait, wait, trying- so he's a headphone pooper, pooper in the bathroom? <laughs> pooper headphone. I, I phone everybody. Yeah. Right. You yeah. can play music. You don't have to put the headphones yeah. in. My doctor said, I think it might've been on a phone call. Okay. Man, okay. That makes more sense. That makes a lot of but sense. Poop, I'm thinking about. Taking a business call while you're pooping. That's a bit. You're a savage. Yes. <laughs> no. And I respect it. By the way, I'm a savage. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I, re- I respect it. I hit it. the mute. Uh, and yeah. then back I to would that. never. <laughs> I, would, I have too much class. I would oh, never. Oh, really? No. no. In case some of your best tweets. <laughs> Not even some of your yeah. best tweets. No, writing. Yeah. Writing. I, I do some of my best work yeah. on there. I get you some know? of my best jokes. Shower or poop. Bathroom is a very creative area for some strange reason. It's a creative inducing area. So, Brian. This is why we brought Jan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. What do we got? Like yeah, 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 five minutes in. Um, we've talked about his Ryan, island. Uh, we we hear you uh, a lot uh, when we watch RSL games, right? Mm-hmm. On, on ESPN Plus when we're, uh, we're watching them from New York. Uh, you're also uh, one of the hosts of uh, Counter Attack on, on Sirius XM. Great uh, show. Uh, you know what? I, I think we can't we can't start this show given that I think you are our first RSL representative uh, mm. that's been on our show. Yeah. Is that correct? We had a, a, a pre-recorded segment from RSL Rabbi. No, the Rapids Rabbi. Never mind. This is the first RSL. <laughs> Rapids. That's Sorry. Right. The R confused they me. They hate each other. Do Colorado they? Rapids and RSL <laughs> yeah. fans. Yeah. Yes. You guys haven't talked to like Beckerman or Raimondo? We've or, begged, uh, begged no, it hasn't, Beckerman. It hasn't, really? Pre-haircut, post-haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happens with his it, hair. It hasn't happened, but we, we know there Becky are RSL. we want. We'll talk about it in a second. Okay. There are RSL fans listening. So uh, given that you are that representative currently okay. and there is a lot of new news at the moment yeah. regarding the head coach who is uh, Mike Becky, who is uh, uh, suspended uh, after, uh, you know, initially when we saw the like tirade after the League's Cup game, I thought he, I thought he was just mad that he had to play a League's Cup game to begin mm-hmm. with. You know, I thought, it, but clearly uh, he was upset with refs and, and instead of, um, 
talking so specifically about what happened in this particular scenario that I kind of want to talk about Pecky as a whole, because we are yeah. huge fans of him yeah. and a lot of people are, are huge fans of him. Uh, when, you know, he does uh, fire back at referees. He, yeah. he does get, he's very public about yeah. his, his portray and poor printer. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So Especially he, when you have a printing uh, commercial deal. And the, and the printing company's like, my man, I did, my printer works. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was operator error. <laughs> so, so let's um, kind of figure out, uh, or at least talk about uh, what what is this lore of Mike Pecky? How is he seen yeah. uh, to RSL fans, and how's he accepted in one of the most white cities in the world? Called <laughs> oh, Disneyland for yeah, yeah. Disneyland for white people. Yeah, yeah, it's Salt Lake City. If the snow melted on a ski slope and became people, you have Salt Lake City, <laughs> yeah. and you got Pecky who comes with his abrasive East Coast. Uh, how is that scene? Yeah. I mean, so I do a show with Mike, uh, the coach's show on Tuesday nights and we do a podcast afterwards and I've gotten to know Mike really, really well. It's the coach's show, the television show, right? You, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. I've yeah. seen, we've so seen we clips do, of it. Yeah. So it's, um, okay. So how do I, how do I unpack Mike? So I played <laughs> against Mike and we came in, he came in the league right after me, you know, he had the breathe right strip and he had the, 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 the bleached hair and he was an animal and crime of the century. And I love New York and all those things. And he was this iconic force that within the context of how he played the game, he knew his strengths, he knew his weaknesses, and he knew what he was capable of inciting, which was the passion and a fan base and the culture of a fan base that, he kind of ex ex expressed their passion on the field. Uh, then the transition into coaching and obviously not really knowing what he's doing at the time. And then all of a sudden he's taken over the New York Red Bulls and yeah. he's got Terry Henry and he's got Tim Cahill. He's got all these big iconic players. Right. And then when he suspends Terry Henry and Terry Henry's like sitting on the bench and twiddling his thumbs <laughs> and like all of a sudden you're like, man, this guy's got, he's, he's got some cojones yeah, 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 like, yeah. good for him um so then he comes to real so like and i had done he actually was kind of co-hosting on counterattack for a little bit before he got the job to go to real monarchs and then get in the rsl job so fast forward mike's passion for the game resonates with his players and with a fan base especially in salt lake city that always feels like they're disrespected. Not that they're the underdog, but because Salt Lake City and they don't have superstars and no one really wants to be there. There's like a general indifference to that market outside yeah, of Salt Lake City. I think they know it. Right? 100%. Yeah. Like, for example, outside of Univision games, there's no national games for Real Salt Lake this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not not a single one. So as yeah. a broadcaster, it's fantastic because I got 34 games on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like Kevin Egan in Atlanta where I got 14 games on the schedule because ESPN and Fox won yeah, every yeah. single game. Right. Um, so with Mike, you know, when he comes on, we do the pregame interviews. Or we do the postgame interviews. Or there's just there's something there that people love because, you know, we're at, at, as a league for me. We got too many. We, we don't even have real heroes, but we don't have a lot of villains outside of Zlatan. Right. And outside of kind of going back, like who were the villains in the days? It was, uh, Leonard, right? it was Stephen Linhart. It, it was Alan Gordon. It was Alejandro Moreno, but cause he just fell down every time the ball was around the box. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He, that's why he was a villain. But outside of that, we, he, he still slips and falls for like, to try to get like, you know, lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be in the state of Illinois. Yeah, got big, big old payouts. In oh, Illinois. Buddy. I rolled my ankle 50 grand. Here yeah, you go. A little bit ice on the sidewalk. I'll take a check, yep. please. Sir, it's July. Slip it down. Okay. I was just as surprised as you. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so with Mike, you know, first it started with the printer um, and, you know, this unbridled passion. Right. And then it was in many, it was actually a year ago. 
he gets suspended every July. It's the third July in a row he's been suspended since Hilarious. he's taken over. So last year, family vacation. We're in, we're in, yeah, we're in Minnesota. Well, I'll, do, hold on. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how Mrs. Pecky, Kim Pecky, feels about all this. Okay. Um, and so then we were in Minnesota and we do the post game interview. He has been he's been kicked off, kicked off, kicked out of the game, and he comes back on camera. And our producer was like Kenny Neal. We're like, all right, that Mike, thanks. And our producer Kenny Neal was like, um, well, this is a new one. And all of a sudden, uh, cover. And so the, all of a sudden it was, uh, Kenny, uh, well, we got something a little bit different. Uh, Mike Pecky wants to come back on camera. <laughs> and I was like, Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, what's Which up? Is, Mike? This doesn't happen. It never happens for anyone who doesn't know. This doesn't ever happen. No the coaches don't like, I remember was it Bobby Valentine, the Mets coach. He got kicked off. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Mets fan, but he put on one of those, you know, those Groucho Mark fake mustache yeah. with the nose glass yeah. and came back and, in like regular clothes in yeah, yeah. and like kind of pretended to not be on the, he clearly got in trouble for it. Coaches don't come back when they get yeah. in trouble when he, they don't or have when to. they get suspended. And he did. Yeah. So he comes back on, he, fillets everybody fillets var and then he gets a big old suspension and he has the printouts he has like the the so that was just for the that was the first time that was this, the first this time. is the second one he's like i don't know if they're watching like the simpsons upstairs in the var booth but <laughs> yeah, i don't know yeah. how you and that was like oh boy yeah. <laughs> so that's the second one and now obviously uh everything that's happened this past week i wasn't there i was camping with my family i get back home it's tigres uh everyone's like oh league cup what does it really mean i love the idea of league's cup because i want to see organic rivalry with league amekis and i want to see the growth and i want to see the, the partnership within the context of they have this unbelievable amount of money to be spending. They are great, fantastic clubs and players with all this rich history. Huge fan and base. let's yeah. see exactly how this translates in the competition because we have CONCACAF Champions League and everything else is whatever. So Mike can never be accused of not taking League's Cup seriously. He lost his mind. The cat came on the field. He was pulling his players away. The red card came out. He said what he said. He would have deserved the red card. And then whatever happened in the tunnel, obviously I wasn't there. It, you know, we, we see how the verbiage was from Real Salt Lake and Major League Soccer. It's some of the strongest language I've ever seen Don Garber have. It's 25,000. It's a three-game suspension. RSL suspended him for two weeks. No contact with the team. I'm assuming it's up to 35,000 total when it's all said and done. So it's a strong statement. That's now, a big one. It's a big one. And so now the question begs um, the, the, the language that is being attributed to him. You know, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to overcome something like that. And, yeah. and when that becomes public, um, we're kind of in a world right now where there's a super big pushback, right? For, especially with certain language used uh, at, at various levels of leadership. And when something like this goes down, I think the Punishment now, for me, you trying to figure out a way to hold off complete judgment until we hear his side of the story and how he comes back, whether that's um, in some type of written format, <coughs> public format, and when he steps in front of the cameras and has to answer verbally for his actions, um, I think we'll all have a little bit more clarity of what kind of the total situation looks like, but it's not good. It's yeah, not no, good it's not all. good. And you know, as uh, yeah, as two Latinos, you mm-hmm. know, uh, we've had mixed conversations about what this word means mm-hmm. because there was a, there was an era where when you grew up, you could say it and no one knew it meant that. Yeah. But if what I always it say was slang, one, it was yeah. like taken in slang. But it was like, it's like, it's like the F word, mm-hmm. you know, you, you almost forget it means like sex. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you just, you say, I'll give me that F and thing. Give me that F and thing. You forget so like for us it becomes one of these things of like well all right well if one person's offended then we shouldn't use it anymore mm-hmm. and then i would be interested to hear what he thinks he's a white dude you know yeah. he might not know what that word means even though he's been around latinos a bunch 
Yeah. You might not know, you know, so who knows? Yeah. Um, and he might not certainly know the power of it. So I'm interested to see what happens next, but I will say it can't be written. He's got a, he's got a pretty much a history of showing up and speaking directly to a camera. Yeah. So I kind of got to feel like that may have to be the way he responds to this. I, I agree. And, and you know, the hard part about this is I know Mike, I, I, and I don't speak for Mike. I can only speak to the friendship that we have cultivated over the years with doing the shows and, and hanging out and getting to know one another in the context of analyst head coach conversations about the game and then kind of cultivating a show that is less tactics, less coaches show more lifestyle, more, you know, Hey, when we played or, you know, the LGBTQ community or pride month and what that means. I mean, three weeks ago we had Laura Harvey on our show and it was the first time publicly she had confirmed um, that she'd come out publicly. Okay. It was the first time on camera and it was this really momentous occasion where it was like, it was, it was a powerful moment. And she told the story about, you know, how she told her parents and everything. And she was talking to us about in the midst of all the havoc that was the women's world cup team on the backside of Thailand. And then right. the Trump tweets and all of that about the story about how Megan Rapino <sighs> first took a knee or was a planning to take a knee, right. um, when they were in Seattle with the Seattle rain. So it was, it was, it was kind of like this, this really cool, open conversation about actions and words and making sure there was a, a cultural environment within the locker room where everyone truly kind of understood what could potentially happen. You know, if, if you can make whatever I tell my boys, you can, you can literally do whatever you want, but there's consequences yeah. for every single action that you take. So when they were talking about the Rapino thing, okay, here's what's going to happen. Let's try to see, let's talk through what potential scenario. So all this fascinating stuff. So knowing Mike, I, 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 you know, I can see the red mist. I can understand losing your mind. I can see the fiery passion. Um, but now how, how do you verbally kind of overcome what the conversation has now right. turned into, yeah. which was a red card finishing the game against a Tigres team. That's a fantastic team. And uh, now being suspended heavily in the biggest fine ever uh, given to yeah, a head coach yeah. in major league soccer. Yeah. I, I growing up, I don't know that I would say what I had was anger issues, but no one teaches you. I, I would, I would say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, was going to say, I think I fixed it. Yeah. Uh, and clearly I have not. And nobody's going to tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll get real angry if you tell me I'm not but like no one, you know, growing up the way I did, no one tells you, I didn't have a father figure for a good portion. No one tells you, Hey, that's not how you act. You know, you, you see your friends do it and they're like, well, they're getting their way. So that's how I'm going to be. And someone's like, I remember I had a teacher who was like, all right, you do what you want. Just know that when you don't see anything else besides the one thing you're mad at, you're causing damage. It's when you come out of it that you have to fix that collateral damage. And are you willing to do something that may ruin all these other things on the way to get whatever you feel that justification is? And that's when I'm like, Oh shit Mm. happens when you go nuts. You know, it's not just you get, not everyone just understands. Well, he, of course he was angry. That guy scuffed his shoes. You know Mm. what I mean? There's other things that come out of it. So I had to learn that. So it's, let's see what happens. And it's funny. Like we joke around about the, the East coast attitude and the, the fieriness, but we we call him the gulliest coach in major league soccer. I think, yeah, for sure. Sure. But yeah. he's, um, you know, now hopefully there's, there's, there's a way where he can clarify what happened and move on. Let's talk a little bit about RSL and about you as well. You come out of playing, you go into broadcasting, you're calling the games. RSL is going through this weird period, sort of, you know, the post Jason Christ era was touch and go for a while. Cal Beckerman is playing. He's about 76 years old, which is pretty dope. Uh, he's still in the league. Uh, you've got, you sort of, you're calling. No, no one's th- older than DeMarcus Beasley. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, he's 78. DBs, my man. Yeah, he's the best. Um, but like, so you, you're kind 
kind of calling the games during this time. Is there ever a chance, a, a thing where you're like, you know what? Just let me in that locker room. Like, you know, we, <laughs> we were able to fix it when we were playing and we can fix it. This is before, obviously you've started having some of the younger players and some success. Um, I never wanted to coach. I never wanted to be, I was fascinated by the role of the GM more than I was the idea of coaching because yeah. corner office coaching. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like coaching is owners, hire players, fire, you know, like as a player, you can, you can, in a sense, you can control your path. You're responsible for your path. Like you have to think about your body and the decisions that you're making. And, and it's about performance when you're a coach. I mean, you can get as fat as you want. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. (laughs) I'm prepared to go. But it was more like you, you, you can, you can do these. And I've talked to Mike about this before, but like the coaching staff, Tyrone Marshall and Freddie Wars and all these, you can have this unbelievable, like approach to the game and okay, this is what we're going to do. This is where we see their weaknesses. This is our strength, blah, blah, blah. And literally, okay, this is how we're going to start and we're going to play. And you know, this is the way they close down. And when you hit that ball, don't take your touch in, take your touch up. And then you'll, you'll get out of pressure. And all of a sudden that first ball comes over and the player takes that first touch inside. And you're like, what in the F? I mean, we yeah. literally worked on this all week. <laughs> and the ball's in the back of the net. It's like the first 30 seconds. Yeah. You're like, what do you, we had a plan, execute the plan. Like it can all go wrong. So for a coach, I was like, I don't want to be responsible for a group of players that ultimately could let me down. Yeah. And you know, I found it interesting. There was, there was a quote the other day from Julian Nagelsmann who took over at RB Leipzig. Um, he said, and he's considered one of the brightest coaches, brightest young coaches. He, he said, coaching is, uh, as, the way I look at it is 30% tactics. 70% social management. Okay. Which is just, real, I mean, kind of just following their Twitter accounts and Instagram handles. and really see <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, right, what's right. going on. Like, yo, yeah. Don't tweet that. Yeah. Don't tweet that. Dude, your grandma's lacking right yeah. now. You know what I mean? You're trying to pop. But, yeah. You want to start? You need to get more likes. But, <laughs> so, but the 70% is like, Hey, how are you? How yeah. are you feeling today? Oh, sure. Are you feeling better? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything I can do? And it's almost, that was the assistant's job. So like the assistants, they get to play good cop, bad cop. Totally manager's got to be the bad guy because there's only 11 positions on the field. Mm-hmm. And when I take you off, I don't want to see you throwing your hands up in the air. And when you're not playing it, I don't want to see you bitching and moaning. <sighs> he doesn't like me. Yeah. So that's why when. So now, as someone who played then, how did you feel about what's going on in Atlanta with just. Oh, much, I was just you know, having this conversation the other day. I mean, you know, the mutiny are back, baby. <laughs> At least the term. percent. <laughs> it's, it's one of those where I think there's a couple layers of that one because when Frank DeBoer's announced, you 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 see Frank DeBoer as a player, and you're like, unbelievable. Yeah. You see Frank DeBoer as a coach at Ajax, and you're like, standard system from youth to top. Okay, this is who they do. And then you look at Frank DeBoer at Inter Milan, and then you look at Frank DeBoer at Crystal Palace, and you're like, whoa, that's not Tata. That's not that's not the ideology of the way Tata. Why wouldn't you go out and get someone that at least within the structure of how they're trying to play, get somebody similar? And then when you see the product on the field and from the opening game and CONCACAF Champions League, you're like, whoa, this looks nothing like the team in December that was throttling everybody. Right. And it can't just be Miggy Almiron, although Miggy Almiron's first touch is forward and he's fantastic and beat these more, a little bit more side to side and not as explosive going forward. He's, and I was having this conversation, Miggy was like focal point. Yeah. PT might be the best complimentary piece there was in South America, but 
it just feels different. Yeah. And so then when you see PT throwing his hands up, then you see the quotes from Gonzalo Pires, uh, Leandro Gonzalo Pires. And you're like, Oh boy. Yeah. Sums so thumbs up. Everything <laughs> we were assuming, everything we were talking about, he just like, okay guys, here's the curtain. I'm going to open this. <laughs> yeah. This is what's happening. This is what we yeah. all think. Help. Yeah. And then, okay. No, so I, like, I respect Frank. the whole damn time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I respect Frank. He's yeah. amazing. I'm, I'm, we're going to work hard. We're going to, Help. Yeah, so it's almost like uh, in uh, in, the, in the movie Get Out when they when they take a photo and mm-hmm. then the the person's like real soul it starts it starts to speak you know right <laughs> I couldn't so, even get through that movie <laughs> <laughs> oh it was great it was a great movie uh, but it, it's um it, it's interesting the because going back to just the, to coaching styles right uh, Pecky does not appear to be someone who is disrespected right it mm. seems like the the respect is clearly there and the, the players do. Uh, uh, play for him, and I, I'm, I'm curious about the the end of last season, which was uh, that's why I feel like I was watching a lot because the, the that playoff push, right, yeah. and then and making it to the playoffs, and then being well, so how the youth players reacted so positively. Sure, uh, LAF, LAFC, right? You guys have yeah. So, um, what was uh, I always feel ourselves feels to me feels like a team that is the promise is always there, mm-hmm. the hope, and, and and I genuinely always like, um, man, I. I hope Pecky's happy this season. This yeah, season. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I genuinely care. Yeah. So what is the, what are the, the expectations at, at, at the moment right now at, during this all-star break? And do, do you think RSL are going to be kind of in the same position fighting for that, that those last few playoffs? So I, I think I'll start here. I think there's the haves and the have nots. The haves are obviously the Toronto FCs, the Atlanta United's, the LAFCs, the LA Galaxies, the ones that are capable of going out and spending roughly 20 million on a couple players, right? So you've got those difference makers and then they're going to go all in on the target allocation money players. And then it's about the philosophical approach of the staff of how they want to build the piece of the puzzle. By the way, I love Bomber Jacket Bob Bradley. Oh yeah, sure. I love Cocky Bob. It's my favorite. (laughs) It's by far my favorite. Um, So, and then you have kind of everyone else. So then you kind of like start tearing it, right? You have Seattle that still spends a lot of money, but isn't spending like crazy monopoly money, but still spending a lot of money. Um, Then you got like kind of Portland spending money. Then you got New York Red Bulls and NYCFC where you're seeing a philosophical change. Um, and, And then everyone else starts to like kind of calibrate in this weird section of, are we a third place team or are we a 10th place team? Right. And, and I'll tell you what, between third place and 10th place, they're all really similar. It could be a player. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, it could be it look, one player, either addition or subtraction. It could mean third place or 10th place. So I think one of the cool things about Real Salt Lake, and I give credit to Garth Lagerway and Craig Weibel, Garth up in Seattle, who was right. the originator, uh, original uh, general manager in Salt Lake. They started the Academy, um, the RSL Academy in Arizona, Casa Ground, because obviously Real Salt Lake's not known for producing soccer talent. So you kind of could be able to be a little bit different, much like sporting Kansas city. You're not in an LA market. You're not in a, you know, a huge soccer culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then the Academy was built. Deloitte Hansen dropped like $80 million in Salt Lake city. Everything was moved. It's an incredible facility. You've got the men's team, uh, Utah Royals, Monarchs, the development Academy. So you have this structure underneath this umbrella, you have an identity and you have it all in Salt Lake city. And so then guys like a Bofo Sacedo, a Corey Baird, uh, Brooks Lennon, an Aaron Herrera, a Donnie Toya, a Justin Glad, an Eric Holt, a Tate Schmidt. All those guys are homegrown players. Yeah. So then when you're looking at the lineup, also play on the national team. Yeah. 
so they're all they're all gonna be they're doing bits yes they're all gonna be like they're gonna be big parts of the under 23 team and they were all big parts of the under 20 team for tap not the previous cycle not in poland and so they're kind of deciding to build through which is great and one of the reasons why they were getting blown out last year is because they'd have like these childish really stupid mistakes because their kids just learn how to play the game yeah they're all 19 and 20 and 21 they're which sounds crazy because in europe they're like oh they're seasoned pros yeah. but in the u.s it, it takes a little bit more time um so for rsl all the things they learned over the last season i think they've put to use this season i think they're still between a third place team and a 10th place team all dependent upon momentum uh and the opponent um but they're they're a fun team to watch at home yeah I think they've got to kind of recalibrate their identity away from home. Sometimes they're, they're so concerned about the opponent. I'd love to see them be a little bit more confident about their style of play and kind of the go in and react. To yeah, that. Exactly. And, it, and it's hard because there's very few t- LAFC is really the only team. Well, I take that back. LAFC and sporting Kansas city in my mind are really the only teams that play on the road the same way they play at home. Right. I didn't even say rebels. Yeah, no, yeah that's true. Press, that's yeah. A, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good shout. It's an identity. NYCFC can never play that way because they're playing on a matchbox. Hey man, in, in uh, Ham Wenshire, man, no disrespect. Yeah, when is Real Tinto going to finally put in a home plate? Be a real stadium, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, uh, right up the road, yeah. Salt Lake Bees. Yeah. Um, when when you look at the landscape of the league from when you played and where we are now. I, it's a completely different mm-hmm. league. Um, what do you, what do you think is next? We've been asking a lot of people this, you know, we've been doing this podcast now for just about four years and the league has changed dramatically yeah. in those four years. What do you think is going to happen in the next four or five years? Where do you see it going? Uh, I think the collective bargaining agreement at the end of the year will adjust to where player movement is a little bit easier uh, on the player side. I think that they will have to, if you're going to strike, now's the time to strike, especially with all of the expansion teams coming in and the yeah. absurd amount of money that's coming into play and essentially half a billion dollars to start a new team with stadium, with infrastructure, with training facility. Uh, I've said... People are throwing themselves to give us that money. Us meaning uh, the, the league. Yeah, yeah, not, uh, not us specifically. Not, not, yeah, give right? us the uh, money. Okay. We're throwing ourselves. <laughs> I, when LAFC came in, I was like, what, what can like five grand get me? Can I get like <laughs> yeah. uh, two halves of a percent? Yeah, they yeah. got a bunch of owners anyway. Yeah, I'll be like, more. I'm an owner. Yeah. Um, I, I, I said this a couple of years ago. I think with the inclusion of target allocation money, we are going to see an incredible growth. But I would say in the next five years in particular, in the buildup to the 2026 World Cup yep. in the United States, uh, first order of business is getting closer to the model of Liga Amekis with regards to the amount of money available for players and player salary, because I think it takes you in a completely different stratosphere instead of having three top tier players and then having the three more target allocation money players. Imagine if you had nine to 10 players on the field that were making around a million bucks a year, you're talking complete difference makers in a lot of ways. You are talking about like the, you know, Eredivisie, the Scandinavian league. And so I, I think the, the, the growth then also needs to include the fear of getting over the fear of being known as a, as, as an import export league. Like we, we have to be okay with selling our best players. We have to be okay with 
changing the uh, the identity of a league being not good enough to being like, hey man, there's some really damn good players over here. Yeah. I'm all for valuing your players and 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 respecting the value of your players and not underselling your players. But at the same time, I think more and more that you sell, you become a viable option for clubs around the world. Uh, and I think that in the United States, with how many clubs come over, whether we're talking about Arsenal, we're talking about AC Milan, we're, we're talking about branding, we are in a deadly fight for credit cards and eyeballs right now. Yeah. Um, so those are two important. I would say maybe the most important thing is figuring out the television broadcast deal going forward. Yeah. Uh, if you go to just or something, yeah. If you just go to this, even if you go to just an ESPN plus, the concern for all of that is you're just going to get the hard course. And if you're just getting the hard course, you're losing out on an opportunity to bring yeah. in a lot of neutrals. And the guy sitting at a bar by himself going, hey, what's that? That yeah. becomes a fan. Absolutely. 100%, 100%. I think the other thing about the point you're making about becoming comfortable with being a league where like you got your Miggies that'll mm -hmm. come in and use it as a springboard to Europe. Yeah. If the more we do that, the less we're going to keep paying these MLS premiums on players because mm -hmm. people know that there's money here yeah. and the players sometimes don't want to come because they're unsure if it helps. So you end up paying three or four percent, like 30 or 40 percent more mm -hmm. for that player just because you're an MLS team. There, there's one thing that Major League Soccer will never overcome and it's they'll just never overcome. They'll never overcome the inability to play in Champions League. That's true. So, yeah, sure. I mean, no matter what the quote unquote best players in the world, you, if, if they have ambitions to play in champions league or Europa league Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's something MLS will never be able to compete with. And as long as we're okay with that, as long as we're okay with understanding that it's fine Yeah. in the States, premier league, well, Liga Mekis is King number one, yeah. premier league is number two. And then everyone else is fighting for everything underneath. Well, all, but, but all these European players, you know, they don't get to get to play in the CONCACAF Champions League. So they're really missing out on the, on the, on, real, Champions on the real Champions League. Yeah. So it's, you got to feel bad for them a little yeah. bit. Oh, you never been to San Salvador? <laughs> my guy? <laughs> you want to know what I learned from JP Della Camera? Yeah. Walking up Saprisa Stadium uh, with him. And he goes, let me teach you one important thing. I was like, what's that? And he's like, when we're doing a game, keep your head down when you're walking up the stairs. And I was like why would I keep my head down walking up the stairs? He's like, don't make eye contact. And if anything's thrown at you, keep your head down because it won't get in your eyes. <laughs> God bless. <Con> <laughs> <Cash>. <laughs> Bags of urine, spears, coins, dodging bullets. He's like, keep the head down. And I was like, Jeez. he's like, you can clean your suit. Can't clean those eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And it all smells like coffee. Yeah. God. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, uh, where could people find you? Because you do a bunch of different stuff. You're not just doing the shows in, in uh, Salt Lake. You're doing uh, a Sirius XM. You're always active on Twitter. Mm. Where can everyone find your stuff? Uh, let's see. So just at Brian Dunseth uh, on social media. And then, uh, yeah, we got RSL, got a Fox game this weekend, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, got an ESPN game in a couple weeks back down here, Orlando against Atlanta. And then uh, I'm with the, a big one. The, the meat hooks, Tony Miola. I'm with yeah. him oh, Monday yeah. through Friday. Old, Jersey's fine. Yeah. Sirius hands. XM channel one fifty seven. <laughs> uh, what is it? Four to seven East coast. Carney legend. Tony yeah. Miola. The great state of New Jersey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice impression actually. And yes. Uh, and Brian, he's a, a great follow on Twitter. So make sure uh, you. Uh, you stay uh, connected to him. Uh, Catch him at a third wave coffee shop in Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Foodie capital of the world. Yeah. Oh, he's also a lies a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for doing yeah, the no, show, no, man. Brian, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate no, it very fun. much. Oh, this is fun.
Ah, oh, what an interview, huh? Ah, uh, you love Dunny. Dunny. <laughs> what up, Dunny? <laughs> Outhouse. <laughs> uh, nah, great dude. Thank you again, Brian Dunseth. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Brian Dunseth. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, because he's a good follow. Strong follow in American soccer. I highly recommend it. Great dude. Um, and yeah, thank you for, you know, everyone who took the time out of their day uh, down in uh, Orlando to talk to us. Exactly. So there's a couple uh, other interviews that, that are in the pipeline. Uh, a lot of fun ones. So uh, stay tuned uh, for those because uh, MLS Star was, uh, was we had a, we had a good time. And, and um, uh, yeah, Max Bredos, Dulsta, there's EMLS, there's, you know, talking to Latinos. We're talking to everybody. We're talking well, to- except... Ali and Ash. Yeah. We that, didn't get a chance. That didn't happen. People were asking, look, look, we're very we're look, saddened about it. I'll say, all I'll say is this. We tried. And we and, really and that's tried. All, and that doesn't, that's not a knock on anybody. That's just that we tried, but they were also, they're very busy and we can't sort of, uh, I, 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 we can't ex- even as much as we can cross our fingers and hope, it, you know, it, it, it'll happen when it happens. And I know a lot of people have been like, you know, sort of, it's become this like our our like uh, uh, sort of fanboying of them, right? Fangirling, uh, whatever, whatever you want, whatever gender you want to apply, fanpersoning, fanpersoning <laughs> uh, uh, has been uh, become this like this ongoing like cult weird saga saga like yeah. everybody's like fascinated with and it's genuine because we we are just enamored. I love it. There was a the YouTube interview. comment that I that was hilarious about you uh the uh, about from our media day thing that said this was like something was like not interesting uh this is this creepy fat stalker (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was hilarious that's great (laughs) so um no it we are genuinely fans of them Uh, but we're like thank you i guess thank you i guess whatever (laughs) um Dude, but, comments help. So yeah, we're, we're trying. So we're trying. Look, one day it'll happen, uh, and it'll be one of the most epic podcasts that you ever listened to. It will happen, and it will happen. We will not let Men and Blazers win this. <laughs> so even though we, you know, we can be a little bitter, a little jealous from time to time, uh, we obviously respect their their time. And whenever it happens, it happens. Yeah, I mean, certainly we try, but we're not trying to be like, no, 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 now do that. We yeah. understand people have lives to live. They have very important things that come up. They have responsibilities that they have, whether it comes to sponsors or to anybody else. If there's if there's a way that you know people that we really want to interview can make time for us we thank them and we honor that exactly. so if, if it doesn't happen we can't hold it against them we get it exactly. you know exactly so um so one day so to, uh, so thank you again for listening uh we appreciate it there's a uh, like like we said um tune in on uh wednesday's episode uh because we're gonna be uh you know, dropping some big news. So uh, there's, there's a lot to look forward to uh, in this whole Cooligan saga. Uh, and we're excited about, about the future. And, uh, and, and we're going to continue having a really good time doing this. So, uh, so thank you, guys, everybody. So thank you again to Gully Squad for making this episode happen. Uh, SoccerCooligans.com slash Gully Squad if you'd like to join. Um, uh, and if you don't want to join, make sure you thank the Gully Squad members for making these things happen. Yeah, we, we understand that not everyone can join Gully Squad, but, you know, give them a little shout out because yeah. uh, the folks that, that have and do and that are going to join after this episode um, are, are really helping pave the way for a lot of the stuff that we get to do. Exactly. So uh, so with that said, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? Fat stalkers. No. <laughs> the the, the cool <laughs>